The officially licensed Lord of the Rings Middle-Earth Premium Silver Foil is available now to order exclusively from New Zealand Mint. Housed in a themed envelope, certificate of authenticity and protective Perspex folder, this special edition coin has an extremely limited mintage of only 2,000 units. Constructed with 35 grams of 999 fine silver, rolled flat and graved and printed on, the piece is guaranteed legal tender issued by New Zealand Mint under authority of New A. Order yours online now. Eat my shorts. Everybody, welcome to the Dave Lee Down Under podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Dave Lee, and this is episode 13. Episode sure. 13, yeah, sure? I'm sure. Had to double check that there. Oh, 13 shows. Oh, is this the point where uh, jump like, the shark? Unlucky 13. Oh, no, geez. Let's be careful. We had Friday the 13th this year, didn't we? This month? No, October. Oh, no, when was it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure we had one. Yeah, we did recently. Yeah. Maybe and, look. Anyway, uh, you can, of course, join us on the podcast. Every, we're getting distracted before we've even got through the intro today. You can join us every single Monday on the podcast here. It goes out on all podcasts. Two weeks platforms. ago. Two weeks. So yeah, what was that? November. Ago. November. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, as I was saying, is going out on all podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and Audible. You can get on all of those. Visual Element is, of course, available to view on YouTube. Visual, you can watch it. goes out uh, on YouTube on the Monday along with all the other audio versions. Um, and if you're a Patreon supporter, you can get two days early access to that. If you'd like to support us for as little as a dollar a month, you're going to head to patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee down under. And, of course, find me on YouTube. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I've got little links down there in the description below. You can just click right through and and uh, give me a follow if you can. Uh, if you want to write into the show, you can shoot an email over to DaveLeePod at gmail.com. We've got an email. Someone emailed in. one. Yeah. First one. Uh, yeah, well, I think, well I, sort of. I think I've had some like random ones like, do this evolution. Um, and I've just ignored them. Um, but we've got we got did get a good one. We'll talk about that later, actually. Um, of course, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, please leave a review and a rating. It does help. Only good ones. Yeah, I almost missed your line there. Jeez, picked up the glass to have a little sip. You missed it. Um, no, no, no. Sus- almost. Oh, just just suspense. Bit of suspense. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Um, yeah, we haven't had a rating for a while or a review for a while on there. So if you are listening. Particularly on Apple, because I think Apple's the only one you can leave reviews. But if you are, please make an effort to write a good review. Good review. A good review. and uh, or, just or crap ones we deleted. Yeah, well. <laughs> if you could. If you could. <laughs> get rid, get rid. No, um, oh, I'm very excited today because we've got a sponsor for this episode. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, the New Zealand Mint. In uh, celebration of their brand new Lord of the Rings line of collectibles. They're sponsoring uh, the show and they're sponsoring the channel for... The month of uh, December, which is awesome. So it'll be an ongoing sort of collaboration with them to promote their latest release, which we'll talk about very, very and soon. it's awesome. It is amazing. Awesome. It's fantastic. It got me very excited when I got the email from them. We'll talk about that soon. I'm sure you heard a little stinger at the beginning there. 
But uh, of course, as always, we've got old mate Rick joining me on the show today. Howdy doody, boys and girls. Hope everyone's well. We're certainly well here in Melbourne. We're doing well. Yeah, as of today, we have officially eradicated the virus. Congratulations, Melbourne. 28 days without a case. Amazing. Without a new case, without a death, and we have no active cases in Melbourne. Crazy, yeah. Going from where we were. A few months ago well, to, to now, it's got to get out of control. It was the government get out of and the uh, and the public have done very, yeah. very well. Yeah, vast majority of the public. Vast majority. <laughs> there are there are still some morons out uh, there. I know. I, I feel I feel like they're um, a little less vocal now. That um, exactly we right. haven't turned into this um, you know police state that exactly. everyone was talking about. Exactly. Um, but uh, it's all looking good here in Melbourne, of course. 28 days the World Health Organization considers as an eradication of the virus. Um, they'll probably, I'm assuming, there's probably going to be. There's there's probably cases still floating yeah. out there, but they're so minuscule that amazing. You know, that, uh, that's not being detected, and they're still they're still testing between what I think yesterday was ten over ten thousand, yeah, like sixteen thousand. Day before over the week. was sixteen be- sixteen thousand. So they're still doing a lot of testing. Yeah, it's not like they're testing a hundred people and going, "Oh yeah, we've got zero. <laughs> yeah. Oh, three people came in today. We yeah. don't have any cases. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah no. so that's good. It's good. It's feeling a lot freer here. We're actually able to go out and do stuff. People seem a little more relaxed and yeah. stuff, and yeah, and you get out and about in public and. Uh, it was funny, the other, the other day, the first day that we were sort of um, really unlocked, mm. where we were allowed to go out into public without masks and stuff oh, yeah, on. yeah, yeah, because they got rid of that. I, went, in, I went, into, uh, went into the shopping centre and um, here, locally here, mm. and um, even outside everybody was still wearing masks. Well, and yeah, I was walking yeah. outside without mine and thought, oh, am I yeah. doing something wrong? Yeah, because oh, if, you, if, you if you don't know... Um, of course, we've had to wear masks wherever we've gone for the last what two or three months. Yep. Um, and they've lo- they've loosened the restrictions now. You don't have to wear it outside unless you're in a crowd, um, but you do have to wear a mask inside, like you're at a shopping centre or you know whatever. Of course, in your own house, you don't well, have to wear well, one. Well, the description. I don't know if you saw it on on Dan Andrews' oh, yeah, um, yeah. page. Yeah. Um, it was the the um, uh, the example he gave mm-hmm. was. And we're going to talk about Bunnings here. And Bunnings, yeah. Bunnings, for those overseas that don't know, is a huge chain of hardware stores, like a Home Depot. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, right. What's that called in the U- in the UK? But B and Q. Okay. Yeah. Um, and his example is, he, and they have a they have a um, they have a uh, what we call in Australia a sausage sizzle. Yeah. So it's a barbecue where they just they just cook sausages and yeah. bacon and whack it in bread with a bit of tomato sauce mm-hmm. and. Away you go for a couple of bucks, um, and we that's been that's been stopped, and that starts up again. I think this weekend, think maybe so, or yeah. next weekend, maybe here in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and his example was, uh, if you're at Bunnings in the car park, no mask. Mm-hmm. Inside Bunnings, mask. Mm. In line for a sausage, uh, in line for a sausage, mask. Yeah. Um, what was the last one was. Uh, onions on top of yeah. on top of sausage, <laughs> yeah. no question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it's quite funny. Yes, that's sounding good. I mean, we're all taking it in good spirits. I mean, that's our premier, the premier of the premier state. Premier of the state, yeah. Saying shit yeah. like that. It was in yeah. his. Um, he said that in his press conference as well. Oh, which did I he? thought was quite funny. Yeah, yeah well, so. he posted it on I think Facebook or something. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, where I yeah. saw it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So that's so it's looking good. 
Of course, the virus is still out there. A lot of countries still doing it pretty hard. I mean, it's and still... We feel, and we feel for those that are yeah, doing it hard because and are going into lockdowns because, you know, we've been through a pretty certainly tough know one. what it's like. Um, so just keep playing it safe. Yep. You know, keep yep. up the good fight. Play by the rules. Exactly right. It is a long, tough slog. And, but, and, uh, and, and most of the other states are opening up to us now. Yeah, we can yeah, sort of travel interstate and, yeah. and everything. So yeah. And even places like Tasmania, we can travel to tra- Tasmania mm-hmm. without isol- without. Um, quarantine or isolation. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Which is uh, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful. So yeah. So congratulations. Some Melbournians get out there and enjoy it. Yeah. But, exactly. uh, but do the right thing. Yeah. Exactly. And that goes for everyone. Again, you know, it's long. It's tough. But uh, you get through it in the end. So, Even those uh, that didn't believe that it was what it was, and yeah. you know, the doomsdayers, yeah. they should be out there enjoying it. Oh, exactly right. But it's do the right one for thing. Them. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Not many funny stories happen to us this week. There's usually something going on with a courier or something, but I've... Um, a bugger all this week. Yeah, well, I haven't had any parcels coming. I think the last or of it lost, was last or... week. Nothing's lost. So I haven't... I've been expecting anything. So I haven't had any couriers come. Uh, we did have a garbage truck. A guy, like a, a green waste truck came up the road and just sat there in his car for about half an hour doing yeah. nothing. I don't think he even came and got any bins. He must have just thought, oh, it's just nice. blocking off because we're, we're in a we're in a yeah. we're in a little cul-de-sac. Yeah. Um. So you know you sort of can't drive through. Yeah. You got to drive up and drive back out. Probably just thought, know. oh, this is a nice little place I can go and no one will see me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So anyway, yeah. But of course, if you, if you've been listening, we had a uh, had a courier driver a couple of months <laughs> ago now, probably who just came and sat in the driveway. It wasn't even uh, coming to deliver anything to us as for next door. Yeah. Came and parked in our driveway for like at least 45 minutes. Yep. Um, so it's just it's just funny. We had a, yeah, a garbage truck come up and essentially do the same thing. I looked over his, on his phone and he saw me looking and he got out quickly, <laughs> make it look like he's doing something and get back in the car and then took off. Um, I thought God, they're funny. funny. Yeah. Um, what are we watching? It has been a huge week of watching stuff again. I mean, I've been so busy again just – Trying to get videos and stuff done. Um, catalog, as far as catalog titles, again, you'll know. I try and get one movie in every day. I've got like a big stack of hundreds of movies that I'm just trying to get through. Trying to get through. But I've had so many from the distributors come in this month that that's really all I've been watching the last month or two. Uh, this this um, this week, rather, I got in uh, King Kong, the 1976 version, which has just been released from Umbrella Entertainment. Um, it's very dated. Who's in that one? Uh, Jeff Bridges oh, and Jessica no, Lange. It's okay. It's all right. I thought it was all right for. It's incredibly for what it is. dated. It's though. so dated. I and mean, the, and the the um, special effects are pretty special pretty effects bad. are so bad. It's a guy in a monkey suit and some like really, <laughs> really primitive, really, really primitive like green screen stuff. It's really bad. But I thought it was fun just for what it was, just because how bad it is. Um, I think for a product of its time, it's a huge movie. Like it made a lot of money. It was huge oh, yeah, at the time. So if you look at it through like that kind of lens, vintage lens, it's like it's a great film, but it's pretty bad. Well, that's the thing. You've got, you've got to look at it for the time it was made, yeah. not for today's standards. Exactly right. Same uh, with all those old things. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I also got in Major Dundee, uh, which is one of the imprint titles. Oh, yeah. Part of the, um, yep. uh, yeah, the imprint ones from Biovision. Uh, Charlton Heston. The, uh, uh, was the world's best worst actor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or was it the worst best actor? No, what, the best, the best worst actor because he's a terrible actor. actor, but he was the best terrible actor out there. Richard Harris, 
uh, James Coburn, a bunch of others. I thought it was, it was all right. Like, it's a big epic um, directed by um, Sam Peck, uh, Sam Peckinpah did that, who did a lot of great, like, uh, especially Western epics and stuff of the era, like 40s, 50s, you know, sort of thing. Uh, it's a big epic, but it is a bit boring. It goes on, it just keeps yeah, going yeah, on and on and on. And you've got Charlton Heston in the lead. But the, the um, like the battle scenes and stuff are incredible. Like I've, epic. I, I think I've seen it, but, it's, but it would have been years ago yeah. when I saw that. I can't, I wouldn't remember it. It's a good, it's a good film, but it's it's just like a very like a tedious one. You get, it was like two and a half hours because there's the, uh, it's got the theatrical and the extended cut in there. So I watched the extended one. It was just a little, a little bit too long, mm. a bit drawn out. Uh, but the action scenes and stuff, when it gets to that, it's so good, so good. Um, and now I've been, the last three days I've been watching A Town Called Alice, which is an Australian an miniseries yep. from like the 1980s. Yeah, Brian I Brown. I saw it when it was on television. Really good. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Sort of set in the backdrop of the um, the Second World War. Yep. These two people meet. Man, a woman get you know for, for sort of fall in love over there, and then they get separated, and it's all about them trying to come back together mm. after the war. And just really great. So again, it's set in the outback, isn't it? It is set in the outback um, out in Alice Springs. Alice Springs, well, Springs town yeah. Like Alice. Town like Alice, yeah. Um, so it's a bit. It's a again. It's a, another one that's just a little bit dated. Um, but for what it is, it's really great. Just a mm. seminal miniseries in Australian history. And, you know, I just love my Australian films. I've been trying to make a big effort recently of trying to get my hands on a lot of them. And, yeah, Umbrellas just brought that one out on DVD. Uh, so it's a good one to just check out. I'm re- really enjoying that one. And for those, um, over, those overseas that don't know, Alice Springs is in the, right in the heart of, this, of, mm. of Australia. And it's a hot, dry um, place, like yeah. de- de- desert what you think when Basically, you think desert Australia? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's like you know the, the soil is rich red colour and it's you know they during summer the 40, 45, 50 mm. degree temperatures every day for yeah. months on end. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so so it's good. So sort of yeah, it goes between sort of um, like the Asia and the war, and then it comes to Australia and England, and it's like a globe trotting thing. Really, really good, really good series. Um, so yeah, I'm still enjoying that. I, I remember watching it when it when it was first yeah. on. All those years ago, mm. <laughs> um, and really enjoyed it then. Yeah. yeah, very good. Three parts. I've watched two and a half. Oh, I got half in this morning. Then I do some work, so it's worth so, having a look at. Yeah, definitely. So I'll be covering all of those in the upcoming Blu-ray DVD update. I've been meaning to get it done. When you get time, when I get, I will get it done next week. I promise. Uh, I, I don't I mean, make promises you can't. Get. No, no, no. It'll, it'll be done. It'll has to be done next week. It has to be done next week. Um, because I've been promising the distributors I'd review this stuff. I've had it for about a month, and it's just trying to work through it all. There's so many movies there, um, but I'm finally at the back end there. Um, we've watched a few new movies this week. We got in four movies last weekend. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I almost forgot. We were going to say this at the top of the show. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. To our American. To American friends. We've got yeah. some American family. And Canadian. And, and I hope they, uh, hope they have a great day. Yeah. It's a huge, obviously a huge thing for them. It mm-hmm. means a lot to them. Yeah, doesn't mean much to us. Well, we don't observe it. We don't observe it. We don't really know the significance of it. Well, I um, think I think it's an important thing. I mean, they it's sort of like they pay respects or they give thanks for the harvest of the previous season. That's where it kind of comes back from. But it's sort of used as a as a holiday to just give your thanks to whatever's you know you're thankful for of that. I've probably butchered it, but probably that's as far as if if you got it wrong, Americans, please let him know. Yeah. As far as oh, that, I know, I know very little about I, things. I just I've, know it's a public holiday. That's what I bought from <laughs> movies and stuff. But I think you know, it's an important holiday for them, and it's 
you know, prelude to Christmas and they got the big holiday season and all that stuff. So, yeah, I was going to say at the top of the show, but, um, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. It's past. By the time this podcast goes up, but um, it's still it's, kind of the yeah, holiday period. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, back to the movies. We've got in a couple of new movies this week. Um, finally, uh, four. We got in four last weekend, which is good. Usually we get in two or three. Uh, we watched Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, I loved it. Shia LaBeouf and really um, Dakota that. Johnson. It's really, really, my, really my sort of film. Uh, yeah. Really enjoyed it. I knew you'd like that one. Yeah. I had to import that one on Blu-ray from the UK. Yeah. That's like 12 bucks on Amazon. <sighs> so cheap. Such, stuff a, now. such a good I film know. too. That was brilliant. Loved really, it. Really, I really enjoy Shia LaBeouf. He he does some some offbeat stuff, yeah. and that's a little bit offbeat yeah. as well. But it is a really beautiful, heartwarming mm. story. Yeah, gorgeous. Film. Um, and the and the young the young guy that he's that that's yeah. um his sidekick. Yeah, I suppose you call him a yeah. sidekick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, is just brilliant. Yeah, you know, and it really warms your heart to watch. Mm. And if you haven't seen it, you get out and have a look at it. It's one just. Of the, Deeply, Just a beautiful little film. Deeply moving film. And it's a character work on all three of the main characters. Yeah, that's Just right. Just all going through different things and how they all come together and help each other. Just one of those yeah. just great films. Yeah. It's like easily, I reckon, a five-star film, that one. Oh, uh, right up there for yeah. me. Four and a half, five-star. Different four and a half. Definitely. I can't remember what I gave it on Letterboxd. I think four and a half. Yeah, no. Very good, brilliant Loved film. Loved it. Um, and... After that, oh no, it wasn't. Might not have been directly after that, but we did watch it on the weekend. Short Term Twelve, uh, Brie Larson, oh, Rami yeah, Malek, yeah, yeah. terrific. As enjoyed well. that. that. Really enjoyed that well. one as well. Man, yeah, good stuff. We get the good stuff. Yeah, we get some good ones at the moment. This was an import as well from the UK. UK I think again. it was a bit more expensive, it was like seventeen or eighteen dollars, but it's from an independent label, and it's just like it's so. It's like these movies, up. these two, you could get on DVD here, but they didn't bring out the Blu-rays. Oh, really? Yeah, because some of them, the independent ones, the independent labels pick them up, um, and then just don't put the Blu-ray out. Put oh. a DVD out. Some some of these movies, I guess, probably don't sell that well on Blu-ray well, here. I wonder what the reason for that is. It can't be. It can't be. It can't be more expensive to produce no, a Blu-ray I, than a DVD. No, I think it's more that DVD still vastly outsells Blu-ray here. And I think for the smaller films, there's still probably people out there who would rather buy the Blu-ray over the uh, sorry would buy the DVD over the Blu-ray of the film. I just don't get that. So they just don't release the Blu-ray for an extra couple of bucks, and sometimes yeah. the Blu-ray is cheaper. Yep. Why wouldn't yep. you just go to that extra? Maybe they don't have the player. Yeah. To play them. That's the, that's but, the thing, though. They, so there's a lot of people who still player, don't. You can buy a player for two hundred bucks, less yeah. than two hundred bucks. There's still a lot of people who just don't see the difference. Yeah, because they don't upgrade their totally, cables and yeah. stuff. I don't know, um, but yes. Yeah, so in they, fact, I think I think um, I think my sister-in-law. I think, don't think they. I think they still only have a DVD yeah, player right. too, don't yeah, they? I think so. I'm not sure. I know I'm they don't sure, buy no. Blu-rays. It's only DVD, they only have a DVD. Crazy, because they don't see the value in yeah. <laughs> watching something with a better quality picture. Mm. I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Don't, don't know, know the reason, but. Um, but I don't know how 4K is selling here. I don't think 4K is selling very well at all, and that's why it's so cheap here. Like yeah. you buy 4K stuff over in the UK, it's like £30 a disc, which is like equivalent $60 here. Yeah. And you get it for 12 bucks here, you know, on special 15 Well, that's bucks. right. I mean, we were, we were at JB yesterday looking at yeah. some stuff, and they had, what was it, two for 40 two for bucks, 40. and then 30% off that. Yeah. So they worked out to, like seven what, 14 bucks oh, yeah, 40 each or something. Yeah. 20, mm. 28 bucks for the two. Yeah. And that's... Dirt cheap? No, twenty. Uh, no, that's not right. Yeah, it was like fourteen bucks with thirty percent off. Twenty. Yeah, know. yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 that'd be right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a couple of things I was looking at, but I just I spent too much otherwise. 
Um, so I didn't get any 4Ks. But, yeah, you can get them really cheap. I don't know. I just – I think I, the Blu-ray market in in general here is just not – it's so niche still. Mm. Um, so even, like, a lot of the titles, like, particularly, like, the – again, the imprint ones, like, they're doing runs of 1,500 of these because it's just such a niche market um, sort mm. of thing. So And, like, even, like, the umbrella ones, you've got to grab them before they sell out and they just go out of print. Yeah. Uh, so – No, actually, it's funny you say that because we saw – we. Standing next to somebody yesterday at JB, and they were mm. picking up DVDs, and I said, "Yeah, still buying DVDs." Yeah, I didn't realise that. No, yeah, it's just a lot of people still buy. They can't move Blu-ray. Well, it was funny because I worked in um, HMV, well, FOP, which is like the regional version of HMV, when I was yeah. over in the UK uh, a couple of years back, and I, I reckon I was there for a month and a half, maybe two months, um, and. Of course, HMV is like a media store over in the UK, like JB Hi-Fi or um, Best, Best Buy. Um, and I reckon the two months I was there, I, I reckon I could count the number of Blu-rays I sold on two hands. Really? And it was all DVD. Really? Yeah. That really surprises yeah. me. Yeah, it was all DVD. And I just thought, what on earth? Actually, well, maybe not. I mean, Australia has a reputation of uptake of new technology faster mm. than most countries yeah. in the world. but. That surprised me that we don't, yeah. You know, that still outsell DVD yeah. still outsell Blu-ray here. That's crazy, but yeah, yeah. That's, um, yeah. Oh, so there you go. Um, we also watched Bloodshot with uh, Vin Diesel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it was okay. It's one of those ones that's got like a really good premise, and it starts really strong, and then yeah. it just sort of fizzles the longer yeah. it goes on. Just sit there, brain dead, watching. Something yeah, like pretty that. much. Um, yeah, yeah I don't right. know. It was, it okay. was okay. It wasn't. No, I wouldn't go back and watch it again. No. Whereas um, Peanut Butter Falcon in short term, oh, well, yeah, I'd watch it again. Oh, definitely, no, for sure. With no doubt. But no, Bloodshot. I mean, I knew it was going to be crap because it got terrible reviews, but um, it was okay. It was in like a Friday, Saturday night movie. We, we, we sort of have a rule when we buy DVDs, and, oh, sorry, Blu-rays. Blu-rays. Not DVDs. That's the problem. And DVDs only when you can't get anything else. Just TV, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, stuff like, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we have a rule. We sort of... We don't purchase too many things with less than a a six a yeah. rating of six on IMDb. <laughs> now that has a I think I think got like a five point seven, seven or yeah. something. Um, so I don't know why we bought it. <laughs> Watched it, but uh, you know. I think you make an exception for something like that, like a big film, Bing yeah. Diesel. You know, you know what you're going to get into. That's the kind of thing where you just kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I want to check it out. Mind you, we've, we've bought a few Jason Stath- Statham oh, ones yeah. that are under, under six and yeah. you know what you're getting with them exactly. and they're just good fun, you know. That's the point of it. You Sometimes you just want something that's a bit brain dead and I think that's why I put Bloodshot on as well. I was just like, I don't want to think about anything tonight. Mm. I just put this on and to see what it is. Mind you, we've bought some films that are like seven or eight, rating of seven or eight yeah. on IMDb and they've been absolutely true. Didn't like them, yeah. Um, I find Rotten Tomatoes is like a better gauge these days, particularly as you can gauge it between the critics and the audience. Mm. So you kind of have a better idea of what you're going into. Well, so that, that, and that's what we, that's that's what we do. Just to let you all know, yeah. We'll, we'll if we're at JB together, which you know we have to because I double up on mm. buying stuff if I'm yeah. not with Dave because I don't remember what we do and don't have. Um, I'll have the IMDb app open and I'll be checking IMDb and he'll be checking uh, Rotten Tomatoes and we'll sort of compare yeah. them and think, oh, yeah, well, that's okay. Let's get that. Yeah. So it's a good way to good way to sort of try and not buy too too many trashy exactly. films. Uh, yeah, because sometimes you pick something up and you're like, oh, it looks really great. And you look at IMDb and it's like four. So when I picked up yesterday, it was like three something. 
I was like, oh, this looks good. Really great car. Yeah. Sounds good. I looked at well, three. What? Well, there was something else I picked up. was like 4.3 yeah. or something. It looked really good. And I yeah. thought, nah, I don't no, think so. No, no. Um, another one we watched was Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was good fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. It wasn't, um, wasn't great. No. But it, was, but it was just a good fun film. Just silly fun. Yeah. Just Sonic, very funny. Um, the scene where in the hotel and he's going crazy, he's running around, pulling the toilet paper off and dancing on the toilet. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I was laughing. Ugh. And the uh, scene in the bar where it's causing ruckus in the bar. Oh, it's just very funny. And Jim Carrey, of course, back on form. Yeah, playing yeah. Jim Carrey playing Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I slagged off Johnny Depp a couple of weeks ago for just playing himself in every movie he does, but I feel like Jim Carrey, you can kind of excuse it. <laughs> Well, he can't play new girls. No. <laughs> but, but, he's, but, he's, <laughs> but he's always good fun. Oh, yeah, exactly. But I think that's maybe a difference between a comedic actor because you know what you're getting into because that's their shtick, really. Yeah. Um, to, as opposed to someone who's like a serious actor who's trying to do a serious job but is just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, there's a difference, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But it was um, like watching... Jim Carrey in you know, something like The Mask or yeah, Cable or, Guy or, or whichever, Grinch. you know, There's The Grinch. The yeah, thing. exactly right. Uh, but so fun. But he's always um, good fun. Yeah, but that was the first movie he's done like that for so long. And you got you got really excited at the last in the last scene. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, with the um, the reveal at the end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Can we spoil it? It's been out for a year. Probably. It's been out for a year. It was probably <laughs> soon. Yeah. He got really excited when he saw Knuckles Knuckles, <laughs> Yes, I used to play as Knuckles on, I had the Sonic and Knuckles on, it must have been on the Sega, um, it wasn't the Genesis, Mega System, System. and then I had it on the PC as well, I was always Knuckles, I don't know why, I think it's because maybe he could fly, Um, I don't remember though, but I was always (laughs) Knuckles, and I I was like, yes, make a second one happen please, Sonic and Knuckles would be brilliant. Um, I watched a couple of Disney Plus movies last weekend, Um, actually no, it was a couple of weekends ago actually. Um, Black Beauty, which I, I believe went up last week, or does that go up tonight at the time of recording this? I actually think that goes up today, but I'm allowed to talk about it. My review's up. Eh, eh, eh. Um, it's, it was okay. I mean, it's, it's for, for its demographic, it's good. Um, I just, I'm not particularly one that gets drawn to like horse movies. Like if you think of a movie about horse, horses and stuff, yeah. it's the kind of thing that you really expect. I've never seen any of the previous Black Beauties. I never read the I was going to say, how many of them have been made? Oh, so many. Like back to the 40s. Did we yeah. look? It was like the first one was like 1940 something. Um, I've never seen any of them. I don't know much about it. I know that they sort of changed it a little bit. Um, I thought it was good. Like it was a really nice, really gorgeously filmed movie. Like cinematography in it is incredible. Performances are really good. Uh, Mackenzie Foy, really talented young actress. And um, Kate Winslet does the narration. Um she oh, she's, she does like the the horse. She's the voice of the horse of Black Beauty. Um, but such like a, a real her voice is just so enchanting. It's almost like puts you to sleep. Oh god! <laughs> it's like she's done a lot of um, like natural history docos for like BBC and stuff. Like one about I think penguins or something she did, and one about like polar bears. Mm. It's that real kind of natural history documentary narration that you think of that oh, just yeah, kind yeah. of makes yeah. you want to fall asleep. Oh, God. Um, so yeah. I was sitting there just like trying to keep myself awake. But look. I'd, it, be, I'd be in the land of nod real quick. No, I think so. And well, it's a good movie for what it is. And people, if, if for that particular demographic, will love it. Um, but, um, yeah, for me, it wasn't I enjoyed exactly one or two of the early ones, particularly the the, the original. Yeah, yeah. This is not a bad film. I haven't seen any of them. No, it's not a bad film, that yeah. one. Um, I also watched Godmothered, which comes out like next week or the week after. I'm embargoed on this one. I'd say anything. 
Um, that one's got um, Isla Fisher in it and Gillian, ja- not Gillian Jacobs, Gillian um, Bell. Gillian Bell is in it. Um, again, I, I can't say anything about it. I have a review for that one up this week. Godmothered. It's like a family fantasy, Christmassy um, sort of comedy movie sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I can't say anything about it. And I've got a screener for Safety, which is the next Disney Plus movie, which is in December. Um, haven't watched it yet. I mean, I'll be on, I'll be embargoed on, uh, on that until like mid December, early December. Um, so yeah, we'll watch that probably this weekend. That one looks really good. Safety. Um, I watched Taylor Swift folklore. That's what I had on while I was working. It's a documentary. She recorded an album. Um, this is it's it's a doc it's a docu- documentary sort of concerty sort of musical thing. Um, to, on Taylor Swift's recent album that she recorded in. Um, in lockdown. Uh, so it's called oh, Taylor Swift okay. Folklore, The Long Pond Studio Sessions. Essentially what she did was she was just started writing songs. She sort of just wanted to um, write music and just like, as a way to escape from being locked down. And it essentially it eventually gave birth to an album. I was going to say, she's all getting into ex-boyfriends and stuff yeah. again? Or? Um, no, it's a very different kind of thing. Like, it's actually a really good album. It's, like, more folky and more down-to-earth. I'm not really a Taylor Swift fan, but it's a really good album. I think the documentary is really interesting because it's just the way they recorded it. Um, she's recording from her house and via live link to a studio in New York, and they've got the the band playing in New York while she's at home recording the vocals live. Wow. That's quite incredible. And yeah. it's just, like, a really interesting look into the process of creating this just, I guess, almost an unprecedented sort of thing. Oh. Um, and it's Do I need to have a look at it? I think you'd be interested in it. Yeah. I think you'd be interested in it. I wouldn't mind watching it in here with the surround. Like I said, I just had it on while I was working and just sort of listening to because it, it plays, it shows the kind of clips of them recording it. But the main thing is her sitting down with the two, um, the two guys that actually played uh, the, inst- the inst- instrumentation on the album. It's the first time they actually were able to be in person and record and recorded and play mm. the music together, and then sort of interspersed as like her kind of talking about what the what her inspiration behind it was, and them talking about how they recorded the logistics of it. They got um, she has a a track on there with the lead singer from a band called Bon Iver, um, and again same thing. You've got the people in New York recording and mixing, and then she's at her home, and then he's somewhere else. And they do this whole live link sort of thing. And then because for this documentary, when they're all filming together, playing together for the first time, they couldn't get this guy from Bon Iver to come and join them. So as Taylor Swift and the two musicians are recording at this studio, they've got this guy from Bon Iver on the live link to record. It's just really just crazy. Technology is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. I just think, especially for that, if you're interested in that kind of thing, it's it's just brilliant. Just kind of get an eye into that. And I think I think she's I think she's really fantastic. Like I've, she's a very um, business savvy person, and the way she manages her brand and the way she um, just it's just really that kind of modern kind of artist thing where you take control over your own work and all that kind. Of, I, I I think she's very inspirational in that regard, and I always have. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of her music, but this album is really really good album, and this documentary in particular very. very very interesting to check out, mm, I, I think. Might, so I'll I think check that out. We'll take a look at that one. Have a bit of a look. Um, but, yeah, for sure. So check that. I'm not going to do a review or anything on that. Of course, but, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, no. but, you know, I'm 
minded documentary yeah. on that sort of yeah that's quite it was yeah it was very good i was very like she dropped the album out of nowhere uh she's like as i said she was just recording at home didn't even like they said this in the documentary she didn't even tell her record that she was making this new album until like two weeks before they released it or something and then she kind of rang them up and was like i want to release this new album we've just recorded it's all ready to go and they're like, all right, let's do it. And they dropped it out of nowhere. So it's one of those things So where she didn't tell the record company? Didn't tell the record company. It was just doing this album, doing her own thing. I mean, that's crazy. Um, and then they just dropped the album just one day. Just like, oh, here's a new album. And she only released one like 12 months earlier, if, if you know, maybe less than that. Um, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. They released it digitally. And then I think only just recently they brought out the physical copies of it. Um, and then this documentary came out of nowhere. Wow. On Disney Plus one day, I woke and up. How's and it doing? Does it, do you know whether it's selling? Or? The album, I'm not sure. But everyone's going on about like how good it is, and that's why I listened to it in the first place. And, um, yeah, it's a really good album. Just for, It's not like her usual poppy, like sugar pop or whatever you want oh, to call yeah. it. It's just like real like folk kind of down-to-earth, stripped-back um, sort of acoustic sort of thing. Very different to anything else she's done. Really good album. Mm. And, um, yeah, to definitely worth checking that out. Like I said, it just dropped out of nowhere. I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday on Disney+. Plus. So she obviously sold it off to Disney+, Plus and they just put it up on the service straight away. Because uh, I got an email from um, my contact over at Disney+, Plus, Taylor Swift folklore thing, up now. So, so there you go. So she came mm. out of nowhere. So very secretive, yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, I'll check that out. Yeah, take a look at that one. Um, TV-wise, we finished Auntie Donna's Big Old House oh of Fun. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> What a wild ride. Oh, it's such a good show. Oh, God. We sung our praises for it last week. It just gets crazier and crazier, doesn't it? Yeah, and we've just had a look at some of the stuff, some of the earlier stuff yeah. on YouTube. It's just oh, bikey wars. Wild. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Bikey man from a bikey game. Oh, so, those overseas, if you want to see what some Australian humour's like, yeah. <laughs> get onto it and have a look. Like I said, like I said to you before, we we had watched the biker gang one again because it came up my feed. Yeah. Um, I said In fact, that, just before we came on, we watched the live live the stage live version, version of, it. of it. Yeah. Um, oh, it's very God. Australian comedy. I don't know. I just it's the first Australian comedic act in a very long time that's made me laugh in the way that these oh, guys yeah, make me laugh. Oh yeah, me too. Um, it's yeah. very offbeat and it's very crude and it's everything you don't really yeah. expect. Yeah. And but it's but it's just brilliant. The guys so is quite brilliant. Yeah. And I can't understand I can't understand how they got a Netflix deal. Oh I know. I real I look at that and I think, how the hell did they get a Netflix deal? I know, it's crazy. But they obviously saw that they're popular, like stage shows, the YouTube stuff and their podcasts and everything, and Netflix took a chance. I mean, that's yeah. what they excel at, isn't it? Netflix yep. just going, you know what? Yeah, give them a go. And the thing the thing that surprised me was when we were watching that 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 live that live version mm-hmm. before. Um, is the is the whole audience was singing along? Yeah. Going, yeah. Geez, how long have they been Crazy. around? I don't no, know. They must be. Yeah, I, I think they've been well, around. Well, the first years. introduction I had to it, and I didn't realise it was them, mm. was the um, pud Christmas pud, Christmas yeah. pud. <laughs> Always got room for Christmas pud. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, was the first, and I didn't realise. And I, was, and I was uh, I visited my brother and his family last weekend, and and we were talking we were talking about it. And uh, my niece actually said to me, she said, oh, they're the guys that did that Christmas pud. I said, oh, really? And I just didn't realise. Yeah, because it's funny because when I, after we'd watched Big Old House of Fun on Netflix, 
I got, got on their YouTube and just having a look at their stuff and I saw that Christmas pool and I thought, the hell have I seen this? I've yeah. seen this video. Yeah. And it makes sense. Well, your cousin they showed, Cass showed yeah. you. Yeah. And I um, was just, it was hilarious. Always bit of room for pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could do another thing. <laughs> I mean, just check it out. It's a great show. It is so good. The the YouTube stuff, the Netflix show. It's it's crazy that stuff like that can get such a big um, pedestal these days. Oh yeah. One one thing that I uh, you can sort of compare it to, I think, is Family Guy. Yeah. When they when they labour the point, oh, yeah, yeah. and they they just go on and on and yeah, on yeah. about <laughs> a single word or a single joke yeah. or something, and they just hover on it, yeah. and hang on it, yeah. and everything else. You get recurring jokes, and yeah. just all that cutaway yeah. stuff, and very sketch oriented and weird musical numbers, and uh, it's just such a fun show. Yeah. Oh man, so yeah. good. Um, check it out. It's check it great. Out. Check them out if you haven't already. But it sounds like we're probably in the minority of people who haven't discovered them exactly, at this exactly. point. Probably. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, check that one out. Um, another weird show we've been watching. We polished off season one in three days. Future Man. Oh, yeah. This is one that I've been sent over from uh, Viavision. Uh, released this one. Was it Viavision? Yeah. Biovision put I this one out on time. Yeah, I got so so much coming in. Um, but yeah, Biovision released this one on on Blu-ray, three seasons. I forgot to put it here, but um, yeah, three seasons, and I think that's the end of it. And um, it stars what's his name, Josh. Um, oh, I forgot his name, Josh from um, he's Hunger, in the Hunger Games. Games films. Hutchison, Josh Josh Hutchison, I think. Um, and Ed Bigley Junior's in it, and just <laughs> I love Ed Bigley Junior. Um. It's this weird kind of like science fiction comedy. It's um, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg produced it. They directed the first few episodes as well. And it's almost like just a big like parody on 80s sci-fi comedy adventure kind of films. Um, you think of Back to the Future, um, just really anything like that, like Aliens, um, movies like that. And they just it's like a massive parody of that kind of stuff. And he's... Um, there. And no, it's not the right one. It's not he's trying to look it up on IMDb. Yeah, no, it's not in not there. Future Man, yeah. two words. Oh, That'll explain right. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, he kind of like, oh, it's, it's so hard to explain, but he, 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 this guy and this normal guy just kind of gets swept up in this time-travelling adventure with a couple of like video game characters, essentially. Well, yeah, he plays a video game. He's the first one, he's the first one to defeat the yeah. video game. Yeah. Um, anywhere in the world, yeah. And it turns out that the video game is a training yeah, program yeah. for the savior, yeah. And he becomes the savior, yeah. And the adventures they get on are just a little, yeah, just a little bit left of center. Yeah, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Well, if you think of Seth Rogen stuff, I mean, that's you know, sort of your thing. I guess it's like Pineapple Express, but if it was a sci-fi action sort of thing, yeah, that really weird, yeah, kind of quirky. Yeah. Uh, but Typical we, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun, though. Really enjoyed it. Uh, really enjoying it. We have got through season one, like I said, oh, in like three, three days. Or, three or four episodes yeah. a night we watched. Yeah. It's really good. Short seasons, 13. The first two seasons are 13 apps, and the um, third season's eight, I think. Mm. Hayley Joel Osman is in it, too. Yeah. Oh, that's Osment. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a wacko. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah, so check that one out. That's out on Blu-ray uh, from Viavision. Again, I'll be reviewing that one in the in the Blu-ray DVD update video coming out soon. 
Again, um, we're probably we're late on to it, obviously, because it was not. Oh yeah, exactly. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah, there's probably most people out there probably. Well, <laughs> well, it was a Hulu show. Yeah. It was on Hulu over in the states, oh, okay. and we don't really get the Hulu stuff here. No, we I think don't. they put it on Foxtel. Uh, the only way you could watch it was on Binge at the moment, which is the Foxtel owned streamer. Oh, okay. So I think even in that regard, it's probably maybe um, more of an obscure thing. Mm. Uh, but if you're into that kind of thing, you've probably discovered it by now. Um, what else we watched? Mandalorian episode four. We watched, yep. of course, last Friday. Still worth watching. Still great. It was a bit of another filler episode. Not much really happened, but some yeah, nice explosions and special, like the graphics and stuff in last week was great. Like I was watching it just thinking like, this is just like watching a movie. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing the amount of money they put into these oh, things now. 100 million yeah, a season. Yeah, the, the, the movie budget. Yeah. And that's why they only do, what, eight, eight episodes or yeah. ten episodes yeah. or whatever it is a season. Put all the money into a short. Because back, back in, you know, back in the day, they used to be 25, 26. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes 30-odd yeah. Yeah. episodes a season. Mm-hmm. But production values weren't great. No. I mean, you look at stuff like X-Files or anything like that, older sci-fi shows and the... Graphics are just so primitive. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. To get something like this, which is still essentially a television program, is crazy. It's like it's like watching a movie. Mm. Really good. Um, so, yeah, of course everyone's watching The Mandalorian at the moment. Episode 4. It's a Friday as we're recording this. That means it's um, it means it's Mandalorian night tonight. Uh, he's almost jumped the gun there, if you're watching. Oh, <laughs> he got it. Got the hat. Um, it's a Deadwood update. Should we have a drum roll for this week? Drum roll. Oh, they're going to love it. Zero. Zero episodes. We just thought we'd just, we thought we'd just keep, you know, keep him with the Melbourne theme this yeah, week. and zeros. Uh, all Keep zeros. all the zeros. No, nah, truth, the truth of the matter is it was boring as batshit. No, yeah. no, no, it's not that. It's just that we just haven't had time this week to watch yeah. to watch any. No, and we were sort of in the middle of the season two, two and it's a bit, there's a bit of a lull it. there, so there's been some other stuff so that's been boring. hooked on to. It is, it is. It's so boring. It just can be really boring. We're still going to get through it, though. We have we'll to it. get through it this time. We'll do it. Because I'm not going to put it away for another five years and try again. No, 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 no. No way on God's earth. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and, yeah, so no, no, none this week. We've had a little bit more backlash on the Deadwood update, actually. Uh, Wacko Jacko. Oh, God. He's always he moaning. Right? About okay, now? so last week he was moaning that we didn't um, – uh, he was he was moaning that we didn't actually review the Deadwood episode in the Deadwood update, so he wanted some more elaboration. And this week he's saying just get rid of the Deadwood update altogether. He says get rid of it. Doesn't matter. No, no, no. Going to keep doing it. Can't get rid of it. I mean, what, I mean that's, that's the beauty of the podcast, isn't it? Reviewing a 16-year-old completely entirely irrelevant program yeah. on the Deadwood update. Just like the podcast. People love it. Completely irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the Deadwood update this week. It's staying around. Sorry, wacko. Yep. Um, no, no going to keep doing it, mate. Yeah, and Tim says it's got to stay. Yeah, he says well, it's, he says it's brilliant. I agree with Tim. Tim loves the bit where you you are not enjoying Deadwood at the moment. Oh, he says he's your, his favourite part. Tim, I tell you what, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm assuming you've watched it, but I don't know how you got through it. Terrible, terrible. No, not terrible. It's just yeah, just it's, it's just it's just, it's just that right in the middle of season two, it's just gone. <laughs> yeah, and just when you expect them for it to pick up, and it just kind of just. Drags. Sort of enjoyed season one. Yeah. Season one was good. Yeah. And at the end of season one, you thought, wow, oh, it's really going to ramp up now. Yeah, no. It's gone the other way. Terrible. Terrible. But we'll get Again, not terrible, but we'll get there. No, we'll it's get there. not far from terrible. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of last episodes. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, 
Well, we, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we're going to sponsor for this episode, of course, the New Zealand Mint. Reached out to me, um, what, probably two or three weeks ago now, maybe a bit longer ago. Yep. Sort of it's been in the works. They reached out and they said, hey, we love what you're doing on your YouTube. We know you've got a big following of, or, you know, reasonably sizable following of um, people who love collectibles and, and pop culture and stuff. It's, and they said, look, we're launching this new collection um, would you like to help us exclusively launch it? So they gave me the exclusive. Oh, um, did you launch this? That? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really. Yeah, they said this awesome. is exclusive. They sent me. They showed me the product a little while ago. I've been like, they like, do not tell anyone. Do not no, show it. Do not share no, it. We couldn't couldn't tell anybody anything um, about it. So, um, but now we can. It was we released can today. It was released today at the time of recording this. So you'll see me. You'll see me posting. Um, sort of uh, little advertisements and stuff for this. They'll be attached to my YouTube videos and stuff. I'm very happy to do this because um, I'm a bit – this is something I don't think I've ever spoken about on the channel before, but I am a little bit of a coin collector. Bit of a coin nerd is. Yeah. um, They they wouldn't have known this, the mint either, but when when, when they reached out to – of course, if you don't know what the mint is, I mean, I'm sure you do, but they're the place that commissions or – They print print the money. Print money and they make coins. But what what a lot of the mints do now – uh, New Zealand Mint and, of course, the Royal Australian Mint does it as well. They do, like, collectible coins and collectible yep. notes and stuff like that that you can um, – the New Zealand Mint, I was looking on their website, they do, like, Disney ones. There's this awesome Fantasia coin that they do at the moment. I think I want it. Yeah. Um, and they, they do, like um, – I think I saw, like, Harry Potter on there. There's DC ones, Star Wars ones, like, heaps of stuff, like, great pop culture stuff on there. Um, and they've just launched their brand-new uh, Lord of the Rings line – which is what I'm helping them launch at the moment, which is awesome. If you're out there watching the video, you can see it. Um, but if you're just listening, head to any of my socials or my channel or whatever, and you'll see me kind of um, helping them advertise this thing. And what it is, it's a 35-gram premium silver foil. Um, it comes in this awesome envelope, and if you slide it out of the envelope, it's in a... And it's, made, and it's made of 999... Um, fine silver. silver, fine silver, premium silver. Like if you get a look at that, it is, um, it's awesome. Uh, it's so cool. Yeah. It comes out perspex thing, so you can display it. It is incredible. Um, if you look on the back, it's got um, essentially like if you're listening out there, I'm not doing a great job. It, what essentially it is like a big note made of silver. Yeah. Um, and it's pressed silver, so it's kind of rolled and pressed, and they etch into it. And uh, they print on it as well. I don't know how, but they printed on it, etched it, and it is a map of uh, Middle Earth from mm. Lord of the Rings. Um, so if you imagine that um, classic Lord of the Rings map, that's what it is printed on. Again, what is essentially a big note, but because it's, it's almost, made of silver, it's almost almost A4 size, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Almost. It's not quite. It's not quite. It's, it's um, more than A4. Let's say on the back there, it is one seven five by two six six millimeters in dimension. Um, and it's actually really quite heavy. Well, it is silver, I suppose. But then you slide it out, it's really thin. Really thin. Like it is literally. And, and this is actually legal tender too. It's legal tender. It says on the, dollar, on the back $2. $2 so, legal tender. So you could, I could go into a store in New Zealand and buy something with this. For $2. For $2. They would <laughs> legally have to um, accept that as legal tender. I don't know why you would because it's. Um, it is just gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. It is stunning. I like, I love this thing. And this is, like I said, it's, it is like a note, but it's actually a coin. Yeah. Because it's made of silver, it's a coin. Yeah. I've never, wow. I, again, as someone who's a bit of a nerdy coin, coin man, um, 
I'd never really heard of a silver four. Maybe I had, but I never really kind of looked into um, what they're all about. But it's awesome. And it's got that nice shimmer in there and oh, so good. But, like, again, if you're listening, check out my uh, my my YouTube or my socials and stuff and you will see you'll see that uh, some better, silver foil. Even better still, get onto the New Zealand Mint Oh, website. yeah, get on their website and, and buy, buy one. one. Yeah, exactly right. And have a look at the other stuff they got because, the, the, you know, they've got other yeah. coins, as they call yeah. them. Um, that are just as good as that. Amazing. I mean, we didn't, didn't really realize they were just stuff. so beautiful. Like, I think there was some, some Disney ones as well on there. Or? Yeah, that's what I said before. Yeah. Mickey Mouse ones right, and yeah. stuff. And there's um, like the Star Wars ones. It's like the original theatrical posters printed on a silver foil. God. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, so uh, nzmint.com, you can head over there. There's only 2,000, strictly 2,000 units. Once they're this. gone, they're gone. That's Once it. they're gone, they're gone. They're not allowed. They've only authorized 2,000, I believe, They've chosen the number 2000 because that's the year the movie was released. Oh, okay. I'm assuming because the Fantasia one um, was like a 1942 pressing or whatever, whenever that was made, I think 42 or 41. Um, and whatever the year, 1940, 1940, 40. because it's the anniversary this year. Um, so the pressing of the Fantasia one is 1940. Oh, 1940. Yeah, 1940. So, um, so this one is 2000 units. Of course, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring is celebrating the 20th anniversary this year, the film. So like I said, that's, that's amazing. Like I've been, I don't know how young I was when I first started collecting coins. Oh, you're only young. You were just, you're probably only six or seven, maybe eight years old, something like that. And it's, it's weird because I don't really collect collectible coins or a lot of them. I've got no, some. No, that's right. What I collect is really weird is the um, circulated coins Occasionally yep. you'll get them with like colours on them or like a different picture on there, like instead of the um, uh, instead of the regular picture, like like, a, like like two thousand Olympics, yeah, Sydney Olympics, yeah, those type of things. So there's circulated coins that go out to the public to you can actually use and spend. Yep. So I collect all them, and there's been so many like hundreds of different variants they've done over the years, back to like the seventies, eighties, um, and I just collect them, just the different ones, Charles and Diana. Um, wedding, 20 cent piece or 50 cent piece, whatever. So I've got like this big tin and I'm still trying to track down a lot of these circulated coins. It's just a weird thing that I just like that something Get different. it from your grandmother. Yeah, my grandmother sent it over. She, and she, she used to collect some, some yeah. coins. Yeah, so she got um, that's a, fun. Got a little container of coins and she made sure she's got, you know, five of, five of each coin or whatever she's yeah. got. So, you know, when she passes, we each of us get one. Well, there you go. They're not going to be worth anything. No, well, no, <laughs> it'll, be little, key, it'll be good. The to circulated, the circulated coins aren't worth anything. No, they're worth, uh, but the, they're worth the, their these, face value. These ones here, uh, this is something that will go up in value for sure. Oh, there's Again, no there's only two thousand units. They're going to be very. Uh, a lot of people are going to want this. Uh, it's, it's it's gorgeous. Like I said, um, but so that'll appeal. <clears throat> that'll appeal to um, not just coin oh, collectors, yeah, just, but Lord of the Rings. Collectors. Oh, Lord of the Rings. That's what I mean. Just memorabilia you know, collections. Yeah. It's really it's, it really is. I mean, get on even if you're not going to buy one, get on to the New Zealand Mint website and have yeah. a look around. Yeah, they got some amazing, awesome stuff, amazing things on there. So it's uh, nzmint.com, nzmint.com. Mm, get onto it. Um, yeah, just great stuff. And that, like I said, amazing. I was so excited when they reached out to me. At first, I was like, mm, "Is this legit?" Because I get well, we so would, many. We, you wouldn't have known about these things. No, no otherwise. way. No way. And they were like, oh, look, we've seen your channel. We just think, you know, we, it's good we fit. want to do this. And they fit really well. Really great people over there. And 
Oh, yes. Awesome. I love it. I love but it so much. But the Kiwis, they're just like Aussies, but yeah. nicer. Yeah, well, exactly right. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. I mean, um, I've, I've been over there. I've been. Over, I've only been over there once for about a week and uh-huh. cannot speak more highly of the country and the Wonderful. people there. Wonderful. Beautiful, beautiful people. Sam, once again, that is the uh, 35 grand premium silver foil map of Middle Earth. Uh, it's 9995 silver. It's been rolled, pressed, printed on, and engraved, and it's limited to 2,000 units. So get on that. Again, whether you're a coin collector, you're just a Lord of the Rings fan, you're just someone who just loves your film memorabilia. Or you just want to have a look at them. You want to have a look. Oh, it's a great display piece. And I mean, get again, get on there and just check out all the stuff they've got. Like, even like the DC ones, it's like printed like comic book covers and stuff like that. So good. Mm. Um, I just think it's gorgeous. And I'll, because it's in the Perspex thing, I'll be able to display it somewhere. I don't know where, but I'll be able to put it up somewhere. And, um, yeah, I love it. Go and check them out. Please check them out. NZMint.com. Beautiful. Yeah. Shall we get into some, some news. movie news? Yeah, let's uh, move on. And- Been a, um, a little bit of a slow week, which means, um, I mean, I'm looking at the dashboard here. We're going for 51 and a half minutes already. You reckon we can get an hour and a half in today? We'll see. Won't we'll we? see. Uh, we're trying to. We pushed two hours last week. We're no, trying not be, to go. Might be two hours this week. Um, there's a couple of big bits, but I think because it's been Thanksgiving, they kind of they, they're a little bit more quiet on the big news and stuff. But the biggest one this week again. Um, this is something. <clears throat> pardon me. We've been talking about pretty much the entire length of this series, the 13 episodes we've done is the changing face of cinema via streaming and streaming platforms and movies leaving cinemas and, you know, sort of not um, just that the whole face of the cinematic experience changing yep. essentially in the course of these not even 12 months yet. Um, the next Last week we had um, Warner Brothers announce that uh, Wonder Woman uh, 1984 was heading to streaming as well as theatrical uh, release as well. Um, this week uh, the word is that Godzilla vs. Kong which is the next instalment in this kind of like monster verse that Warner Brothers is doing. It started with Kong Skull Island, and they did the two uh, Godzilla films, and now they're doing Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, and that they, the word is a Hollywood reporter is reporting that uh, it's heading to streaming. Um, Legendary, Legendary Pictures, who made the film, Warner Brothers distributor, they've reportedly been trying to sell this off, or they've been trying to figure out what to do with it for this entirety of the pandemic. Um, this, I think, should have been out by now um, or was supposed to be out early next year or something. Um, I think it was pushed. It was pushed into May next year. It was supposed to be out this, like, December or something. And then it was pushed into May next year. Um, are they still planning to keep that May release date? Yeah. Apparently May 2021. But the release model is up in the air. And But Hollywood Reporter is reporting that um, Netflix has made a more than $200 million bid to acquire the film. From Warner's and Legendary Pictures, and it cost them to make. I don't know. Probably not a whole lot more than that. It would have been probably. So they're going to cut their losses and take the two hundred plus. Well, apparently that the other part of it is that Warner Brothers is eyeing off an HBO Max release for it, as they did with well, Wonder I read, Woman. I read that Legendary Legendary um, uh, their investment in it is seventy five percent of production. Right. Whereas Warner Brothers is only 25%, but Warner mm. Brothers has more say in how it's distributed. Oh, yeah, because they're the distributor. Yeah. yeah. Which, which mate, you know, I, I sort of think it's a bit, oh, you know, if you're putting 75% of the money up for it, yeah. you should have some say. Well, yeah, exactly. 
Um, but obviously they don't. I mean, Warner Brothers will decide what they're going to do think, with it. I think I think that gives you the leg up. Being the distributor, you kind of just yeah, can choose well, what to do with it. Obviously, what it's. What I it's mean, there, you used to hear horror stories of um, of um, the wines, the Weinstein's buying movies yeah. and then shelving them, shelving them just never, because, never, never releasing, just them. for the sake of doing it, because yeah. they were just kind of like that. I remember speaking to a director years ago. Did an interview. I won't mention his name. I won't mention the film, um, but. Uh, they bought the film for distribution and literally shoved it in the archive. Didn't do anything and with didn't, it. I think they eventually released it on DVD after many years. And the director I spoke to he said it was just so frustrating. Just get, oh, would you want to get the film out? Yeah. And because they were the distributor, they're like, no, we're just yeah, the director, leave it. did he did he write and produce? I think as he well? did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so stuff like that goes on all the time in Hollywood. There are these movies you just hear like the famous blacklists and stuff, and just films that just get stuck in release hell. It's because studios buy them and then don't do anything with them. Um, so yeah, so Warner Brothers would have the hand up in okay, this is what we're uh, going to do with it, and they can choose how to do it. Um, so. The word is that Netflix wants to buy it for $200 million, but Warners might want to release it to HBO Max and potentially do what they're doing with Wonder Woman and do a theatrical run alongside it. Oh, so right, they would okay. make money back that way. Well, that was the other thing I read um, earlier was that that Warner are still insisting on well, yeah. May theatrical release mm-hmm. next year. Well, because uh, Hollywood Reporter reached out to them. And they said, uh, this is their statement, they said, we plan to release Godzilla vs. Kong theatrically next year as scheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ha- like how many times have we heard that this year? Oh, it's coming out to cinemas, yeah, it's coming yeah, in yeah. cinemas. Yeah. And the next year you hear, the next week you hear Wonder Woman 1984, HBO Max. Yeah. I mean, that's going, to, that's going to cinemas as well. So that's a bad, ex- a bad um, example. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tenet. We're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to release Tenet. It's going to come out. Mm. That came out in cinemas too. What am I talking about? Mulan. There you go. Mulan. No, that's coming out. Def, that was Mulan. We're bringing it out in theatres. They're not going to drop this on the streamer. And then two weeks later, it was Disney Plus Mulan. Yeah, and you were paying for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that's an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, $200 million and Netflix have reportedly um, offered for it. And keep in mind, uh, Amazon recently pla- uh, paid $125 million for coming to America, the sequel, coming mm. to the number two, America, um, which is currently the record for a streaming service acquisition, 125 mil. And now Netflix is trying to um, reportedly uh, pay 200 million for the uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. It wouldn't surprise me if they pay more than that because Godzilla has a huge oh, yeah. following. Yeah. Because um, it's Japanese, isn't it? Um, Godzilla? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was originally so, Japanese. Yeah. yeah. So the, the Japanese, it's, you know, cultural for yeah. them. Toys and degree. like those those older films. Yeah, and just so all that. I can imagine it'll go bunter. Oh yeah, they'll love For it. Sure. Um, what would you do if you were like Warner Brothers? You were calling the shots. Would you take the two hundred mil, or would you go, nah, we'll shove it on our streamer and put it in some cinemas and see if we can make some money that way? Um, I'd be taking the money. Yeah, cutting. Well, I don't think they'd be cutting their losses. They'll probably break even or mm. make make a little bit on yeah. it. Yeah, um, but you would probably. Consider taking the money. Yeah, give it the two hundred mil. Because um, you know, at this point in time, you don't know what what's going to be happening in cinemas and exactly right. whether people are going to start going back to cinemas yeah. and and stuff like that. So you, you, I would probably consider taking the money and running. Yeah, that's sad though, because this is the kind of movie you just want to see on a big screen. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Right. We didn't see the other 
three in cinemas, but I think this would be one I'd, I'd be keen to go out and check out at the cinemas. Mm. Like IMAX, imagine that. Godzilla vs. Oh. Kong in the IMAX. Oh. I mean, man, that would be insane. On the biggest screen in the world. Yeah. Oh, wow. Insane. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what's happening I'd with like that. I'd like to see it get a theatrical release. I think so. I think you want to see everything get Which a theatrical release. I think it probably will. Probably, yeah. I would think it will. I think they'll, they'll, there'll be some sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Warner Brothers have their have their way, it'll be released, and then it'll also go on HBO. Yeah, probably. I think I think that's because I think they've got happen. an affiliation with HBO Max, haven't they? They Warner own Brothers? HBO. Oh, Warner be. Media owns HBO. Oh, they, yeah. Oh, they have an affiliation yeah. with them, <laughs> <Yeah>. don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. They, uh, that's why the Warner streaming service is HBO Max. Oh, okay. Yes, that's all the Warner Warner Media stuff is on HBO. Oh, okay. Didn't realize. Yeah, there you go. Um, another big uh, bit of news that's come out this week is that um, Marvel Studios are apparently uh, prepping to shoot Black Panther 2 in July next year already. Now, this is interesting. Yeah, because they were supposed to shoot in March uh, of next year and then, of course, um, unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman passed, passed away. Yeah. Um, and then they sort of went, no, we've got to shut down production and, you know, it's time for us to not kind of think about what we're going to do uh, it's time to just kind of grieve the loss and, you know, take the time with that. Um, and I think it's it's past that period now where it's almost like, okay, we have to, you know, we have to get, get to business. We have to figure out what we're going to be doing with this film. I mean, how long has it been since he's passed now? Um, when did he pass? Oh, March? August, I think. Oh, August. Was it that late? I thought it was earlier. So three or four right. months probably. And now it's kind of at the point where they're like um, – all right, we've got to figure out what we're doing with this movie. And it's interesting because, like I said, it starts up in July, which is what, eight or nine months away? Eight months away. Essentially yeah, eight and a yeah. half months. Yep. Um, yeah, August. He passed. Which, August 28. Which really throws a lot of questions up in the air. Uh, because another, another piece that's come out of this is that they have cast someone in the film, uh, Mexican actor uh, Tenoch Huerta, uh, Probably pronounced that wrong again. I apologize for this completely butchering names. Um, Shocking with names. Um, but he was in Narcos Mexico and he's apparently either been cast or he's in talks to play the villain in the film. So they're casting, they're ready to shoot in like eight months' time. Ryan Coogler has recently, um, well, actually, sorry, when Chadwick Boseman passed away, Ryan Coogler, who's the director and the writer of the film, came out and he, he mentioned that he'd been writing for Chadwick on this film for a year. So it took him a year to write this script. So with eight months left to go before they're supposed to start shooting, and keep in mind you're in pre-production for months before you even start shooting, concept work, everything like that, casting, concept, building sets before you start shooting. Are they really... I think the big question is a lot of people just kind of assume they're going to... Uh, you know, the character of T'Challa will pass away and then Shuri will come in and take the throne or someone else will come in and take the throne. Um, Marvel apparently had no comment on this story, but they have said they will not use CGI to replace Chadwick Boseman with a CGI character. Uh, So the interesting thing is, keeping all this in mind, um, what are they going to do? I think think they're going to recast. I'd have to. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. How many um, films over the years have been recast with with a different actor? 
yeah. in the same role the only, because somebody has passed. The only thing that throws the spanner in the works for this is their marvel and they're so meticulous at needing to keep that person in the role. You had a couple of mishaps at the beginning with the Hulk the and uh, Rhodey uh, was played by um, uh, Terrence Howard in the in the first That's Iron right, Man yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, um, before Don Cheadle took yeah. over. Um, but I think you've got eight months Ryan Coogler has previously said took took he was been working on this script for a year. Um, you got eight months to do to rewrite a, a script to completely. It, it's the, if you're going to, um, make, you know, the character of T'Challa passes away, that opens up again, entirely new story. So he essentially has to throw his old script away, bring a new, completely rewrite a new script, come up with a new concept, write a new script, um, and then do all the pre-production work, build sets, do all the concept work, which takes years, in the space of eight months. Nah, no way. I can't say that happened. I think we're still going to get the same movie we were going to get. They're casting. They're ready to shoot in eight months' time. I just think they're going to re. I think they're going to recast, recast it. it. I can't say why not. No. You know. The public will understand the reason why they had to recast. Oh, exactly it, right. Obviously, um, it's one of those things you can't avoid. And, well, exactly right, and it's and it's not it's not as it's not like you're stepping on the grave of somebody. No. It's, I see it as being it's almost paying a tribute to the yeah. guy, just taking on the mantle. Yeah, just, yeah. exactly right. That's big, big, big shoes to fill, though, for someone. Ooh, yeah, there's someone out there. Oh yeah, someone will. Someone I have no will idea who they. I don't though. know. I don't know. I wouldn't even theorise on it because I have no idea. Um, if, I'll if, find if, someone. If Michael B. Jordan wasn't wasn't, <laughs> wasn't in the first yeah. one, he'd be ideal. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. obviously he can't be. No, because he's the villain in the first one. Unless he comes back as a good good guy. Good guy. Just They just swapped the role. Well, yeah. he gets I, stung by a bee or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? That, I don't know. I just think I, I think that's definitely the route they're going to take. They'll recast. I mean, it's such an important character too. Um, it's been the film was monumental for so many things. I mean, social issues and stuff like that. And the character is such an important character as well um, in that respect. To just kind of like kill the character off, essentially. Yeah. I don't think they'll do it. No. Well, it was perfect timing, and you know, perfect. Perfect casting, perfect yeah. casting in perfect time. Yeah, like that because mm-hmm. he was just ideal for the role. Oh yeah, um, and I just think they they'll just find someone else who is just as suited to the role, just as committed, um, and will pay some respect to uh, Chadwick Boseman's performance. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think it'll be interesting. I can't open to it. I mean, it's it's fine. I, I mean, hope. Oh, look, I, I hope they do recast it. And they yeah, produce the film that yeah. they were going because to because otherwise you've got them. Writing a script, doing pre-production, and rushing stuff, rushing this film into production in eight months' time, it will be awful. I mean, conceivably, you could probably do it. Marvel's a powerhouse studio, but you, yeah, it would yeah, be but, so but, rushed. But then they're going to suffer the. Um, there's the fear of them suffering um, Justice League type. Well, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Where they're, where they're rushing everything out yeah. to try and catch up. Yeah. to yeah. Marvel, and this, whereas they should have taken the time to. Yeah, especially this, this property, yeah. this Black, the Black Panther property, I think is one that they definitely won't do that with because it is so important to so many people. It's such a groundbreaking uh, set of characters, groundbreaking uh, franchise. Mm. And, I just and culturally think, really significant. Yeah, culturally relevant and all that. Yeah, I just think, yeah, they, could, they, couldn't, rush, they couldn't rush it just for no. the sake of rushing it. I think they'll recast and they'll just go as, as they were planning. That's mm. probably the best way to go. Yeah. Sam Jackson. 
What about him? <laughs> Cast him. Old, isn't he? Surely. No, I will, like I said, it's not even I wouldn't even theorize on this point. No, find, I think right. they'll probably find someone who's probably young and upcoming and maybe we haven't seen a lot of recently. Um oh, I hope so. Yeah. I hope they do. Yeah. I hope they just recast it and Yeah. And as I said, it's not stepping on his grave, it's uh you know, be paying a tribute to the guy and yeah. 'Cause he made 'cause he made it his own and he made it such a such a um, significant film. Yeah, um, Marvel are also in the news because apparently they're prepping Deadwood. Uh, Deadwood, crikey, Dead. De- I've, I've written. De- I've written. I've written Deadwood on my script. That's why I've done that. You. No, you have to. <laughs> Deadwood three. Yes. No, they are prepping. Um, I reckon a Marvel Studios Deadwood would probably be better than. Oh, um, be, anyway, be Deadpool. Deadpool. Only a couple of letters off. Deadpool 3 is being prepped by Marvel Studios. So this will be the, the first Deadpool that Marvel Studios is handling. Because previously it was Marvel Entertainment as part of Fox. It's um, been interesting then. Yeah, they've got writers on board. Wendy Molyneux and uh, Lizzie Molyneux Logolin, uh, who are writers on Bob's Burgers, which is an animated <laughs> show. Love it. Um, it's uh, said Ryan Reynolds is coming back. He'll be playing Dead... Dead. I almost said Deadwood again. Dead, he'll be playing Deadpool. Um and so they're kind of saying it's definitely going to be, probably going to be a continuation of the other two films um, as opposed to rebooting the whole franchise. But because Marvel Studios is now handling it, the big question is whether it will be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially considering Bob, Bob Iger um, has been very adamant that, yeah, we're going to, we'll keep it R-rated. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they bring now an R-rated franchise into the MCU or do keep it its own pocket thing. Pocket universe. Um, but then you've also got the whole idea of this, like the multiverses and stuff opening up in the films, mm. especially if we're taking into account like the Spider-Man rumours and stuff where we're apparently going to get, you know, um, uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come in, um, pull them out of the Doctor Strange comes through, opens up a oh portal. Oh, grab Tobey Maguire. Come here, Tobey. Come on. Come on, Tobey. Toby, you'd be up for that. I don't think he's too busy at the moment. Well, 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 well no, I don't <laughs> think so. He's loaded that guy, though. He's got so much money. He's just living the life. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that, like, the rumours are that there'll be, like, some sort of announcement real soon that those two are returning. They're filming now, Spider-Man 3. So usually around the time that the the actors are required on set, they'll announce it before it gets out through the, you know, the yeah, press yeah. or, you know, pictures or whatever come out. Um, so, yeah, so that's, I think that's a possibility because obviously Deadwood's all part of a different universe. The possibility would be they make another film and they connect it via, like, the multiverse thing. That would work, definitely, especially if that's the route that they're going with the series at the moment. Um, but I don't know. But because it's R-rated, is just, like, almost like... Doesn't fit in with... Yeah, because the MCU is so family-friendly, yeah. family-oriented at the moment. Um, it's going to be interesting be to see. to see it all combined, though. Yeah. It's going to be crazy because now you've got like the MCU, which is like 22 films at the moment or whatever it is. You've got probably like, you know, 20 odd other Marvel movies, probably more that are not part of that universe. They will now essentially all be part of this single universe. Single universe. Um, they'll be like their different pocket universes, but they will all come together. It's going to be crazy. Doctor Strange has got a big job to do there. I know. Pull them all together. Oh, come here. Hey, Eric Banner. Eric Banner, come oh, here. Oh, no. <laughs> Eric Banner, Hulk. Yeah, come Love here. Love Eric Banner, but no, don't. Lou Ferrino, come on in. Oh. Could you imagine like a Hulk team up? you got Eric Banner. you got oh, Ed Norton. Ed Norton, yeah, Ed Norton, come right. in. Um, technically, Ed Norton's playing the same 
Bruce Banner as Mark Ruffalo is, but I reckon they could find some way to be like, oh, no, oh, yeah, that's sure. alternate universe, Bruce Banner. And then, oh, yeah, so just imagine that. Like you've got Lou Ferrino, you've got um, Eric Banner, you've got Eric, Ed Norton, and then you've got Mark Ruffalo, just like Hulk team up. And then you've got all the Spideys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so bad. I think if anyone can pull it off, it's Marvel Studios. Oh, the more you talk about it, happen. the more I talk about it, the more I talk myself out of wanting to see this. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> even want to see that. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, talking about Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, the villain from the first film, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Of course, Mads Mikkelsen, the actor who portrayed the villain in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke a few weeks ago. Johnny Depp got the axe from Fantastic Beasts 3. Because uh, Warner Brothers just didn't want any of that kind of controversy anymore, um, and they the the word was then a couple of weeks ago that they were going to be they were talking to Mads Mikkelsen to take up the role that Johnny Depp was playing Grindelwald, and um, apparently well it is now confirmed Warner Brothers come out and said yep, Mads yep. Madsy boy come over here has been confirmed yeah, so there you go. So I'll touch on that. I don't know if there's much else to say None about it. <laughs> got nothing to say about that. Yeah, but that's confirmed. That'll be good. He's, he's I, I do enjoy Mads Mikkelsen. He's, yeah, he's a great, great actor. Great actor. Um, so I think he'll be. I think it'll be good. Again, it's another one of these things where they've got an out. Like Marvel Studios, you've got an out that you've got these different universes. You've got a multiverse. You can add, just pull them all together. Yeah. Grindelwald is a character that can shape shift. I mean, it's just such an easy way to just do it. Mm. So we've already had Colin Farrell and Johnny Depp play the same character. Yeah, it's not, that's not bad, replacing Johnny Depp. No. Johnny Depp playing Johnny Depp. As Johnny Depp. Yep. Yeah. Um, another big one this week, interesting, Universal Monsters. Uh, Universal is th- their monster universe. They've had a lot of trouble with it. Um, they tried, They rebooted a lot of the monster movies, like early 2000s. Most of them were pretty average. Um, then they tried to do this whole dark universe thing a few years ago, and their first movie out the gate, The Mummy, was trash oh, and ruined the whole yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they were going to do the one with Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man, and Angelina Jolie was going to do um, Bride of Frankenstein. It was going to be a Marvel Cinematic Universe thing where they all come together in a big monster mash mm-hmm. at the end. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the first Mummy just tanked, and they went, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, they recently <laughs> released The Invisible Man with um, uh, Elizabeth. Um, why am I losing words today? Um, oh, I've got no idea. She's, she's such a great actress. You saw the film. You know, but I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Elizabeth um, uh, Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Um, she's terrific. Yeah. She's amazing. The film was so good. And now they've gone, yes, we have hit, we've hit a winning formula. And that is giving visionary directors their own free reign over a property. They do their own unique spin on the character. Let's do a whole monster universe, except instead of like a shared universe, it's just a bunch of different... Pardon me, I'll just hit the microphone now and get a bit excited. Um, <laughs> they've gone, yeah, let's get all these visionary directors in. They do their own unique takes on all the different monster movies. And they've got 12 in production now. Oh, <laughs> my God. They've gone, Yes. Green light that, green light that, green light that one. Well, green light that one. This is off the back of one movie doing well. Oh. Insanely well, mind you. Insanely well. Great film. It did so yeah, well. Don't jump the gun. Oh, that one, that one, that one, that one. <laughs> right, okay, so a few of the ones. This is on the back. They've just announced another one. Um, they've got Channing, Channing Tatum is coming in. He's going to star in um, it's an untitled Universal Monster movie. 
which is said to be a modern-day tongue-in-cheek thriller that is inspired by Universal's classic monster films. Um, so, I mean, if we think of, like, Abbott and Costello ones, it's probably going to be something similar to that, like a comedy monster mash thing. Um, it's got Phil Lord and Chris Miller on board. To I'm not sure if they're writing, but they're producing. They did the Jump Street films with Channing Tatum. Uh, they, they wrote Spider-Verse and the Lego movie. Um, and, um, yeah, well, so... Got decent writers on it, then. So it's got, it's got a decent production team. Uh, so this is just, again, as I said, one of 12 that Universal's currently Ooh. producing on the back of The Invisible Man doing really well. Um, so a couple of the other ones, again, we spoke about the Scorpion King reboot a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Invisible Man sequel. They're doing an Invisible Man sequel with Lee Wanell. Oh, that's okay. Australian filmmaker. The first one was good, so why not? Uh, yeah, they're doing The Invisible Woman with Elizabeth Banks attached to star and direct. That was sort of... Um Obvious from the first film that, that yeah. would happen, I think. Yeah. So we're going to have uh, we're going to have Invisible Man two and Invisible Woman. Now Invisible, um, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of people out there going, "Why do we Invisible Woman? Why are you just putting a woman in the role? Uh, why are you doing that?" Well, Invisible Woman was a film from the like 1940s. Yeah, there right. was an Invisible yeah. Woman. Yeah. Um, and it was a comedy film. It was like a like a really weird screwball comedy. And Elizabeth Banks primarily does comedic films, although she did um, Charlie's Angels. So I think probably I, I, I imagine if they make it like a comedy, um, comedy action sort of thing, um, I don't know. I, that, that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, Wolfman starring Ryan Gosling and again Lee Wan Nell is apparently attached to that. That might be right. I like that might Ryan be pretty Gosling. good. Uh, there's a Dracula one in production. There's no kind of info on that. Um, there's one called Renfield, which is based on Dracula's henchman Renfield. It's going to be directed by Dexter Fletcher, who did uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man and Eddie the Eagle. Uh, well, I won't be watching that. Yeah, um, Eddie the Eagle was okay, but yeah. the other two were just. Trash. Oh, Rocket, I liked Rocket Man. It was okay. I loved Rocket Man. It was great. Um, Frank, I can't say Rocket Man was trash, but the other thing, Bohemian Bo Rhapsody, Rhapsody is just awful, crap. terrible movie. Um, Frankenstein. There's another Frankenstein coming, of course. James Wan oh. is going to reboot it. Um, and, of course, he did Love the Conjuring stuff. films and Saw and a lot yeah. of great stuff. He scared the shit out of me sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> so that'll be quite good. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein, still kind of in a s- state of flux. Um, David Cole has written a script for that. Um, and uh, John Krasinski and Sam Raimi have both been courted mm. recently to direct. So it'll be interesting. Um, and there's one called Dark Army. Uh, which uh, Paul Feig, or Paul Feig, Paul Feige, Paul Feig, however you pronounce his name, he's writing and directing, is going to feature monsters from the original movies and new characters. Um, and it's re- uh, the filmmaker, this is uh, what it says on Wikipedia, is uh, reaffirmed that it will be a horror movie, but that it will portray the monsters as rejects, similar to the original films. Um, so that'll be interesting as well. Mm. And we've got one called Monster Mash, which is going to be a musical. Oh, no. So already you're, seeing, already you're seeing like they're choosing a lot of these like really unique filmmakers, really visionary filmmakers who all have their very different styles and they're all going to put their own little spins on these films and make them their own thing. I guarantee you at the end, if they do all these movies, and it's a big if, if they do all these movies, they all do insanely well, there's going to be a movie where they It'll mash all the together. characters together. It's just going to yeah, be the dark sure. universe. It's just like a roundabout way of doing the dark universe of going, We'll see how they go, which mm. is what they should have done in the first place, right? So anyway, so that's going to be interesting. Obviously, good films there. There's some, I think so. some really good people attached to some of those. Yeah, like I love, I love the Universal monster films, and even yeah. even some of the trashy remakes from like the early two thousands are a lot of fun. Like they're enjoyable. Um, like the Mummy films were great. Well, the first two at least were really oh. good. 
Well, they were great. They were, they were great. They were great 90s action-adventure films. Maybe I'm just saying that because I grew up with them. Yeah, I think, you, <laughs> I think you got the blinkers on. Oh, a lot of fun, though. It's just they fun. Were, they were good fun. But just fun. Great films. That was enjoyable. Right, so I don't know. We'll see what they do with all these. Spin-off was worse. The Scorpion King. <sighs> yeah, while well, they're rebooting it. So it'll be interesting. <sighs> Ah, so that's I think that's the biggest the biggest news out of the way for the week. There's a few other smaller bits um, that have been announced. Universal is developing a true crime film called Peggy Joe, which is going to star Lily James. Oh, love Lily James. Interesting. She is probably my favourite actress act, actress around at the moment. I just love it. Like more Lily James is just um, I'll take anything she does because she's fantastic. Uh, it's apparently loosely based on the true story. Um, uh, account of a Texan woman who took to robbing banks while posing as a man. Uh, mm. It's going to be directed by Philip Noyce. How can she look like a man? Well, I put makeup on and whatever else. So apparently she poses as a man and robs some banks. Oh, well, um, there you go. Yeah, uh, directed by Philip Noyce, Australian filmmaker who did uh, Rabbit Proof Fans, yeah, uh, film. Bone Collector, Clear and Present Danger, uh, Patriot Games, Dead Calm. He's done some more, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's oh, written Nicole Kidman, yeah, and Billy Zane, Billy Zane. and Sam Neill. Yeah, that's such a good movie. Great film. Um, written by Robert Knott, who wrote Adaptation, one of your favourites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll that's be a very good film. So that'll be interesting. I think it's called Peggy Joe, Lily James, and Universal is developing it. Mm. Starting to shoot that soon. Uh, Sounds right. Searchlight Pictures, uh, which previously Fox Searchlight until Disney bought it and got rid of the Fox name. Um, they're developing, and this is good to know that Searchlight Pictures are still actively developing movies because there's been a big question over this about what's going to happen with this, the Fox subsidiaries. Are they are Disney going to close them down? Are they going to stop? Search, Searchlight Pictures uh, developing an untitled murder mystery starring Sam Rockwell. Oh, my favourite. Our favourite. Uh, Saoirse Ronan, who's great as well. I can never work out how to pronounce her name. Saoirse. Saoirse. Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. And David Oyelowo. Is in there as well. Um, it's an independent film, of course. Searchlight Pictures. It's all that's the independent arm of um, what used to be Fox. Uh, it's going to be a detective tale about a desperate Hollywood film producer making a film in 1950s London, only to see murders on set. Rockwell will play a world-weary Inspector Stoppard alongside overzealous rookie Constable Stalker, who's played by uh, Saoirse Ronan. Uh, both find themselves trying to solve a whodunit in London's glamorous theatre land and sordid underground. Oh, mm. sounds quite good. Sounds I right. I like that. Yeah. That's a great cast and just sounds real fun and quirky. I might have seen a trailer for it. No, they haven't shot no. it yet. Oh. No. So I saw something similar. Uh, developing it. Developing mm. that one. Uh, it's directed by Tom George who's just done like a bunch of BBC television stuff, This Country and Defending the Guilty. Uh, it's written by Mark Chappell, who uh, wrote Netflix's Flaked. That's that series with Will Arnett. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. I like that. Have you watched it? Yeah, I've watched, I think I've watched about f- about the first four episodes. Oh, I didn't think actually, you watched it. No, 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 I've watched a few episodes of it. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, well, so that'll be... I don't uh, know if it's up your alley, but I enjoyed it. Well, I want to watch it, but it got axed after a season. I just don't like watching shows that got axed. Mm-hmm. You want more. But I really enjoy Will Arnett. Yeah, oh, he's great. And I'll we'll probably watch it eventually. I think I watched, it might have only been two, maybe three episodes yeah. I watched of it, but I enjoyed what I saw. Yeah. Uh, we've got another one there. This one you pulled up. Alex Garland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Indie horror film. Yeah. Um, it, it, he's the writer of 28, of course, Alex Garland, wrote 28 Days Later, Sunshine, and uh, Never Let Me Go. He's the director of Ex Machina. 
great film. Um, really yeah, fantastic. I love it so much. And Annihilation, which we haven't watched yet. No. Um, and he's the showrunner, creator, writer, director of Devs, uh, which is an FX on Hulu show. Um, it's like a low budget. It's called a low, a low budget, budget horror, film. horror film set in the UK, and they're hoping to shoot in the spring or summer of next year. Um, and he was working on some other like TV series, which is about riots, focusing on riots and stuff. But after everything that's happened in America at the moment, he's gone. Yeah, probably not the best time to do that. <laughs> um, so yeah. let's um, let's do something else. And he's developed this thing. So there's no no other info on that. But I I like this guy. Twenty eight days later, the great zombie flick Sunshine. If you remember that. It was like a really weird um, kind of like sci-fi film. Um, I can't remember who was in it. I think Cillian Murphy was in it. Um, Killian, Killian Murphy uh, is in it, I believe. It's like this really weird like sci-fi. I can't even like explain it. Um, but it was so they they wanted to keep it so realistic Rose in Byrne. their in their uh, Rose Byrne, yeah, in their depiction of space and space travel that they had Brian Cox. Who I think is fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's they right. had him come on and um, we call it um, do consult. Consult, yeah. yeah. He's the consultant on that. Yes, he's the astrophysicist. Mm. Um, his documentary for the BBC, great. So the Sunshine film, you know, they had Brian Cox come in, so it was like really um, uh, authentic. Uh, so I thought it was a really great film. So he, he does some great stuff. I think that was definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for news. I mean, it's an interesting story that's been doing the rounds at the moment. Uh, we love a good George Clooney story. Oh, yeah, that's right. Good guy, George. Yeah, What's George he done? George, George's been giving away some money. Yeah. This happened, I think, back in about 2013 or something. Yeah. When they did Gravity, just, yeah, just before were, Gravity. Were, and I remember at the time, there were about a year or so after, about 2014, so there were rumours yeah. floating around that George had been giving away yeah. money. And it was could never really be confirmed. Yeah. It was only confirmed in the last couple of weeks mm. that it did actually happen. Where he yeah. invited, he invited fourteen of his closest friends, mm-hmm. who had sort of basically supported him, yeah, um, while he was coming up through the ranks and mm. had no money, and he would sleep on sleep on one mate's couch for mm. weeks on end, and yeah. another one would give him money for food and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and he invited them all around to a. Um, to a dinner party, and um, uh, had a suitcase beside each beside each chair, <laughs> and he told them all to uh, open the suitcases, and there was a million bucks in each in each of them for them, just to say Same. thanks to say thanks for what they'd done for him as he was coming through the ranks, and he mm. he was he said that um, uh, they were all in his will, so that when yeah. he passed, they were going to get a million dollars. He said, mm. "Why am I waiting?" He said, yeah. the, the the way he said it was that. Um, that if I get hit by a bus, they will get a million bucks. Yeah. He said, so why am I waiting to be hit yeah. by a bus? I might as well give it to you now. Yeah. Now, I think one of them, uh, one of the one of the um, recipients, refused the money, didn't want the money. Mm. And and George said, well, if you don't take it, no one gets it. <laughs> so he forced him to take it and then, he, and then he gave it away to charity. Yeah, brilliant. He didn't need the money, obviously. Yeah, they're all like his mates. They're all like execs and heavyweight producers and yeah. all that. Um, I think there's one or two there that are that aren't that are yeah. That are old, uh, Richard, old Richard Kind apparently is one of them. Actor Richard Kind, yeah, um, was one of them. Yep. Well, apparently, allegedly, that was the Daily Mail report. The Daily Mail came out and said, "Oh, these are all George Clooney's best mates, and these are the guys who probably got the money." Um, yeah, but yeah, this was in a GQ interview. Oh, and I, was I read the thing that the GQ the um, the author of the interview, the journalist. 
actually writes in the article that there was this story floating around about George Clooney for a few years. No one's been able to confirm it. He's like, I was just going to ask him straight up. Yeah. And apparently George like danced around it a bit and then was like, screw it. I'll just tell it. It's a yeah. good story. Yeah. Um, but he, but he, um, he, he hired a, um, uh, what was it? He hired a florist's florist van. Yeah. Hired a florist van and got a couple of security guards and went to the bank and withdrew $14 million. Took it back to his place and packed the money himself, apparently. Yeah. So he's probably sitting there with 14 million bucks going, 100, 200, 300. So counting out. Insane. 14 lots of $1 million. <laughs> but good on him, huh? Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's, that's, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to. Have him at a dinner party for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, not to get not to get money wouldn't be bad, but but you know just to sit and talk to the guy because yeah. he sounds like a, just a just genuine bloke, yeah, you know, for really sure. good natured, down to earth sort of guy. Even though he's got all this money and wealth and fame and whatever, mm-hmm. I reckon he'd be he'd be he'd be he'd be one of the five I've had I'd have sitting around a dinner table. Yeah, you know yeah. the old thing is who's the five or yeah. six people you'd have around a dinner George. table with you. George would be right up there for yeah, me. For sure. Particularly after that after that story. Yeah, I oh, just sounded like a great yeah. guy. Just genuine, just good guy. Like but how yeah. many people do that, really? Uh, that's awesome. But there's been a couple come out now that have that have actually confirmed it. Yeah, well he did. So that's all you need. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um there's another good guy out there as well at the moment. We're pushing the runtime at the moment, but there's another good guy out there, Ryan Reynolds. We've spoken about him already on today's show. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Good guy, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, him, him, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot have just finished uh, like a 12-month shoot on a film called Red Notice, which is an action comedy thriller um, which is heading to Netflix. Uh, in the world of international crime, Interpol issues a Red Notice, a global alert to hunt down, capture the world's most wanted art thief. Um, he took to Instagram and just kind of um, wrote like a big thanks to his friends and his family and his um, co-workers and everyone who worked on the movie because they produced this in a bubble um, overseas, I believe. I can't remember where they where they shot it. Um, but uh, as you said, that they filmed this movie, 300 strong crew of people, crew and cast, living in a sequestered bubble to make this a reality, right? So they went to work away from their family, away from their friends. They were locked down to make this movie. Um, and apparently what he's done now, other than this Instagram post where he's thanked everyone, he has recorded 400 individual videos for each of his, each of his crew uh, and cast to say, thanks for working on the film under such incredible circumstances at the moment. What a great bloke. So apparently he recorded them all for, um, People who worked on it, some of them had kids, so he recorded stuff. videos for the family, the kids, recorded some for pets, apparently, <laughs> dogs and cats and stuff, thank you videos, so insane. So uh, he sat there, he's recorded yeah. 400 thank you videos for, for his crew and his, his cast members for you know, working on this. Good crazy. on him. What, yeah. a, what a bloke. Yeah, it's good to hear stuff like this at the moment in the yeah, world, stuff exactly. like this is happening, you know. Um, we sort of forget a lot of that, you know, a lot of these sort of people that, you know, have fame and fortune, mm. or whatever. That they're actually just human oh. beings, and yeah, real decent. People. You know, and they're just yeah, they're just decent people. Yeah, you know, and he's just another one. Mm. That's for sure. We are uh, bang on an hour and a half, but let's get in some subscriber questions in. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, geez, we're down that low now. That's good. Yeah. We're uh, yeah, let's move on. We're there. <laughs> um, okay, Anthony. Yes, is a Patreon. Patron. 
If Disney one day turned around and asked you, Dave, Rick, uh, we are making a film in Australia and about the culture here down under, will you pitch us your ideas? What would that film look like and what and what Disney category would it fall into? Pixar, live action, animation. As always, loving the show. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Anthony. Oh. Could you have like an animated? Well, I haven't seen them. I was going to, so I wouldn't know. I was going to say rescuers. I was going to say you'd have like an animation set in the outback, focused on Australian animal, but rescuers down under kind of, <coughs> kind of did that already, many many years ago. Maybe mm, you redo it. Yeah, like Pixar get Pixar to do like about a little koala or something. <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't know. Be live action for me. I think you reckon? I think I'd be live action. Mm. Something like um, I don't know. Something in the vein of it'll have to be a comedy, yeah. About you know the, the quirky, offbeat Australian yeah. humour, maybe about I don't know, gang wars or something. <laughs> Get the Auntie Donna boys. <laughs> no, something like uh, what was that one? Takeaway or yeah, yeah, just that a, type of thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's typical Australian yeah. sort of humour and yeah. just light-hearted fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, family entertainment. Mm-hmm. That uh, doesn't get too crude and too yeah. crude and too rude, and you just have a bit of fun with, you know. Yeah, and that's it's just the, the, the relaxed Australian way of life, mm. really. Yeah, for me. Yep. There you go. Um, Blake, Blake Eyes, and g'day, Blake. How are you, mate? Hello, Blake. Um, good to hear from you again. Yep. Um, his patron has been following mm-hmm. for years. Long time. Uh, what's a go-to or comfort movie of yours that you don't often speak about? Oh, gee. I don't know. Uh, I don't often speak about it. I'm always talking about stuff like, um, you know, like uh, Big Daddy and uh, the, the Pirates films always like movies that, I don't know, mm. I, I don't know. I think one day, I think I was sick with the flu when I watched Pirates. So it's almost been like a go-to movie that's like... The um, comfort film. The comfort film, uh, yeah. like the Avengers and stuff. But stuff I don't talk about, maybe the Truman Show, I love that movie. Yeah. I used to watch that a lot. Um, Notting Hill, I love, is just a great film I can watch over and over again. Maybe one that I, I don't think about a lot is uh, that other Hugh Grant film he did with Drew Barrymore, Music and Lyrics. Remember that one yep, where he yep. was the songwriter? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great no, film. film. Just easy, that. just... You know, a comfort movie. What about you? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I really have a comfort movie, mm. but for me, I think, and it's not one I've really watched for for a few years. Is Amadeus? Mm. If 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 I'm stuck at home on a wet Sunday afternoon by myself or something, it's something that I would probably put on to watch. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, it'd just be a comedy or yeah. Monty Python or something. Uh, yeah, maybe Life of Brian or mm. something like that. I don't know, but I don't really have comfort films. Mm. I don't. I sort of enjoy them and move on. Maybe like in a, most cases, maybe like a Christmas film. We watch the Christmas. Oh films every yeah, year. There's, yeah, there's a couple Elf of them. Elf or uh, the Santa Claus. Bad or Santa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elf, Bad Santa. Yeah. Um, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Actually, yeah. we've got a question about um, that. Okay, yeah, so moving. that's that's it for me. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Jeff B. There's yes. another Patreon. Hey, Jeff. Um, Hello. Did you know that Liza Minnelli is Judy Garland's daughter? Yes. Yes, we did. Also, can you please tell me why you don't like Rescuers Down Under? See, this is funny. I think he's asked a couple of times, and I, f- I forgot to answer it a couple of times. Apologies, Keep Jeff. asking, you'll eventually yeah. get to it. <laughs> Sorry, I apologise. Um, I don't think I've ever said I don't like it. It's just not a film that I love. It's just not right. one of those ones that I really love. 
yeah, yeah. Um, it's just I think it's a great movie. It's it's like really groundbreaking when it comes to like the technology, the way it was animated. It's the first one to use that caps technology, which is like the digital animation. Yep. Um, it's a really great big epic film, but it's just like it can't. It came out of that Renaissance period where you've got the Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Mulan, Hercules, they just all overshadow that film yeah, for me. And yeah, The Lion King, you know? Great yeah. movie. It's a great movie, but it's not one that I just love, like yeah. all the others, you know? Yeah, it's almost got that hand-drawn feel to it. Well, too, yeah, it really. was. It was, uh, it was, it was hand-drawn. It was one of the very oh, last cell-drawn ones. Okay. But it was the first one to employ the uh, caps, which was the digital um, inking. Oh, of, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, sort right. of employ it on a smaller scale. Mm. Okay. Uh, Pete Seamoss. Yep. Our old mate Pete. This one for uh, you, actually. For, for me. Do you want me to read this one? Yeah, you read that one. Well, it's for, for kind of for both of us, but I think you'd, be, you'd, you'd better answer this one. I think you'd, you'd, be, you'd be better at answering this one. Okay. Um, years ago, thanks, Pete, Pete Seamoss, patron. Years ago, everyone said, uh, this is a serious Seamoss this week. Serious Not a silly Seamoss. Yeah. Um, okay, so years ago, everyone said, with the introduction of Fox Sports covering all NRL, AFL games, that people won't attend games anymore. However, the live experience has proven to remain strong. Is there any similar similarities to this and theatres com- competing with streaming services? I don't think so. No? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I, and the reason I say that is because when it comes to your sport, you mm. have an emotional attachment mm. to it. There's not too many films or anything else that you have an emotional attachment well, to. Well, if you're like in a fandom or, you know, you yeah, really... But- but it's it's different. I mean, you have you have a camaraderie mm. with the people you sit next to at the football, even though you don't know them. Yeah. Um, and you know, I you know, we pay our memberships every mm. year for our football club and the mighty bombers. Yeah. Um, and so we pay we pay our membership every year, and we sit next to and near the same people year after year, and it's the only time you catch up with them is yeah. is ten or eleven times a year, and and you have this you have this emotional attachment to the club, and you feel part of a I don't know. Part of a uh, part of a group. Part of a what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, part of a family. Football family. family. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Whereas with a film, you don't. It's it's mm. it's something you go and watch and you walk away from. Mm. But if you go to the football, your team gets beat. It hurts. Mm. If you go and watch a film and you don't like it, yeah. I mean, just shit film or move well, on. Well, in but this the, day and age, you do get a lot of people who, you know, will take. I still get comments on my Star Wars videos from three years ago oh, yeah, attacking yeah. me because, yeah. oh, you liked this movie, I didn't, yeah. sort of thing. So there is, I think there is, um, there is an emotional attachment to films, and a lot of people get attached to the characters and get attached to the stories and stuff. But, but I it's think, a different yeah, that, type it's of a attachment, different, though. Yeah. It's a different emotional attachment mm. because you because you're invested in your football club. Yeah. Mm. And particularly if you if you pay a membership, you're invested yeah. in it. Um, so I don't think there's much of a correlation between the two. I, you know, I, I think people will still go to the football. I'd rather go to the football and watch my watch my team play, well, win or lose. Well, and, I think it's like um, the difference is if you're going to the movies to see a cinema, if you're going to the cinema to see a movie, or you're watching a movie at home, both experiences you've seen on screen. Right. Yeah. Whereas sport, you have the you have the chance to either watch it on tally on a screen, or you go there and you're there you in the environment and you part you participate. Yeah. That's it. So that's different, and that's that's what I'm saying about the emotional attachment. Yeah, yeah. You have that that closeness to the yeah. to the team you follow yeah. and the people that play mm. and all those sorts I of think things. It's and very the people different. around you, and so I think I think there's quite quite a different sort of emotional yeah. attachment to film and yeah. 
and I think, you know, your sport's never going to die off. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, okay. Next up. Uh, okay. The Means Podcast. Hope that answered the this, question. This means... Yeah, yeah. This this means... What did I say? The, the Means. Oh, this Means Podcast. This Jonathan, the, Jonathan. This is the Looney Tunes Podcast. Oh, okay. Great Looney Tunes Podcast, yeah. Okay. Uh, would you prefer a Tom and Jerry film without human characters more than uh, what you've seen of the trailer? No, I love what I saw of the trailer. So it looks great. Yeah. It looks really good. I enjoyed that. The last Tom and Jerry movie we got in the 90s was terrible. They talk and they're best friends yeah, and they go on yeah, an adventure. Yeah. I want that. I want this. Yeah. No. Tom and Jerry run around a hotel just like throwing irons and stuff at each other's heads and slamming yeah. each other's fingers in a in a window and got That's Tom and Jerry. Michael Pena and Chloe Grace Moretz running running after him. It's yeah. great. No. And just because Michael Pena's in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Thanks for writing in, Jonathan. Yeah, exactly. Good bloke. Uh, Ross the film Ross the film critic. Yeah. What's your favourite a tearjerker movie mm. that makes you cry the most. Jack gets me every time. Jack, Robin Williams, Jack, Jack where does. he's the, like, how old is he, like 12-year-old or 15-year-old boy or Something whatever. Something like that, And yeah. he's in, like, a 40-year-old man's body. Yeah. And then the end, I want to spoil it, it's an old movie now. Yeah. Um, but he's sort of, like, an old man by the end of it. And yeah. You know he's... He's like supposed to be twenty years old, but he's like an eighty-year-old like man's 80 body, old, yeah. and he delivers this speech at the graduation, and it's just very sad. It's yeah. Very sad. It's the only one that, and because it's Robin Williams, because I love Robin Williams so much, and mm. especially since his passing as well, it makes it even more poignant. Well, it's funny you say that because one for one for me of Robin Williams is mm. um, uh, where is the doc the doctor um, Patch Adams Patch Adams yeah that does it mm. for me too yeah one of one of his films. Um, but for me, there's plenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's plenty that get me, you know, like, you know, if you see, oh, it's it's hard to explain. It's lots of films. Yeah, there's just it's a heap of films. For it's me. that that's that that's that emotional attachment people have to movies, though. It's yeah. how you relate to them, and it's how you relate to yeah. the characters and the situation yeah. they're in, and mm-hmm. and particularly how it speaks to you. How the and never and it never used to. It never used. To, I never used to get affected by film and stuff like that. But when you become a parent, mm. changes. Yeah. Because you can put yourself in so many different situations. I think that's the same for... So things like that. that um, there, there was that one that came out, was it last year? Um, uh, was it the boy that wore, the, he wore the, the space helmet? Wonder. Wonder. Yeah. That, that, that got me. Mm. Um, it's because I could put myself in the position of... Um, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yeah. And having a child like that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, th- those sorts of films mm. get me Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I think, but like like I said, I think that's the emotional connection to any movie. People connect to movies for so many different reasons. Yeah. And it's how that narrative speaks to you and your experience, where you are in your life, and whether it is having a family, uh, whether it is just anything else. It's just that emotional ca- attachment to a film. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, next up. Okay, next one is Tom. Now, we're going to get this right this week because yeah. it's actually – we got a phonetic spelling. Phonetic spelling. Tom Bodwin. Yeah. So Tom Bodwin, uh, do you still do you still do a Christmas movie marathon every year? If so, are you getting ready to put this year's list together? Well, we yeah. If you're a long time viewer, then I did a video years ago where I talked about we used to do like a Christmas movie marathon every year, like first of December. Christmas movie every day. Christmas right movie every Christmas. single day from the, fir- from the first. Yeah, from the first right up until Christmas Day, maybe a couple of days after. It would usually kick off with something like Bad Santa, 
and then kind of <laughs> like you kick off with a really good one that you really love, but it's not like a classic, not yeah, like one yeah. of the like classics that you just really love. You kick off with something fun like Bad, Bad Santa, then you go into some of the just more ones that you're just kind of going through the motions of rewatching yeah. them. And then as you as you get closer and closer to Christmas, you get into the ones that you really love, like maybe mid-December, Miracle on 34th Street. Um, then by the end, in that like kind of week leading up to Christmas, you get stuff like Elf and The Santa Claus, Wonderful Life. Yeah. Um, is it always a Christmas Eve film for me? Yeah. And then Christmas Day, it's always um, Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. Every year. So that's kind of you do that big build up. I don't know if we'll do that this year. We have so much stuff to watch at the moment that I feel like sometimes I've been doing this for at least a decade. Oh, at least. And some, at least. some of the movies, it almost feels like, all right, go through the motions of just watching it again for the sake of it. We've got a couple of new ones this year too. We have a few new ones, which yeah. is good. Last Christmas, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, and, yeah, so I think this year is probably not going to be a full-on, like, 30 days. We've got so many movies you just yeah. need to watch and yeah. TV and everything. But I think it's, like, almost like you pick out your maybe, like, 10 favourites and that week leading up to Christmas, you just smash out a few um, and... Um, and then there's a, f- a couple of new ones that we haven't watched yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it won't be a full-on one, but no. yeah, there will be. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, Tom. But, uh, what, what, sorry, uh, what we'll, we'll probably do an episode next week where we talk about some Christmas stuff and yeah. up to Christmas, yeah. Yeah, and some of the movies we watch and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That'd be good, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Catherine, Kath, Katharina Alvarez, yeah. have you seen Dark Crystal Age of uh, Resistance or Supernatural? I've never watched Dark Crystal, but it's nothing that really intrigued me. Not at all. I like the Muppets. I love Jim Henson stuff, but I think because I'm not a fan of David Bowie, it's just that weird sort of weird yeah, thing. Yeah. So I haven't watched that. That's the series based on that film. Yep. Supernatural, funnily, when they first aired that, that's just finished now, Supernatural. Really? Yeah. It went that long? Yeah. My I God. I swear that I've heard... Three or four, five years in a row. Oh, this is the last season of Supernatural. It's ended. But every year it's like, oh, Supernatural's ending. Like, I was like, what? I thought it ended a long time oh. ago. I don't know how many seasons it did. Had to have been at least. Let's say. I don't know fun. because I was in high school when that started. And I've been out of high school for 12 years. It's been on for a long time. Um, the funny thing is when they first started playing Supernatural, it was one of those things where they kind of like they what they would used to do it was on Channel Ten and Channel Ten would play the they'd play the first episode the pilot and then they would re-air it maybe two or three times and usually what they do they do like an encore performance or an encore screening of the show so they play the first one and then usually it would be like maybe the next week they play it like they might play the first one on a Wednesday night the next week they'll play it on like a Monday night maybe a little bit later. But what they did with That's Supernatural, what, no, what they did with Supernatural is they played that first episode three weeks in a row on the same night. <laughs> so I watched the first episode. I thought it's pretty good. I'll tune and watch the second one. They're replaying the first one. I thought, what's going on? I think I rewatched it again, and then I come back for the third week, and they're playing it again. I thought, no, I'm out. <laughs> That's it. I think I've watched probably three episodes. That of was it, it for maybe. me. I only watched the first one. There's um, f- uh, fifteen seasons got, Crikey, we've got listed man. on. How many episodes? Three hundred and twenty-eight. Oh my lord! There's no way I'm because that would that. still. That's probably one of those shows that's still doing what twenty-four episodes a season because it's a network show. Oh, it would have maybe. to be because network shows still have that like twenty-four. I don't know. Um, if you click on that, yeah, it should tell you right there on the picture. Uh, episode twenty-one. There you go. Yeah, so it's still 
network shows still have like a 20, 21, 24 length season. Anyway, there you go. So, no, yeah, I've watched I the first a, episode of Supernatural well, it has three to be times. 15, 15, 15 seasons, 328 episodes. Mm. So go. that breaks down to about 21, 22 mm. episodes a season. Yeah, there you go. All right, next question because we're breaching nearly two hours again. Uh, who's this? Kieran Diamatris? Yep. Kieran Diamatris. Sorry if I got your name wrong. Uh, what are you so obsessed with? Why are you so obsessed with cartoon, cartoons and ev- evolutions? I don't know if this is like an actual question or whether it's someone just getting, taking, taking, the, taking the mickey or someone just getting annoyed with me. Why is this all you do? I don't know. Um, I would say I'm obsessed. I love it. It's what I am passionate about. It's what I know a lot about. Um, and the videos get a lot of good hits. Um, but the um, I think a lot of people... Um, do forget that a, a lot of people on YouTube are doing it sort of as a full-time thing. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like, um, yeah. it's it's. But it's one, a way of you being able to tell stories. No, and, it's a way. No, I love, I love and, the stories and I I guess the thing. And you love documentaries. I love, yeah. My, but for me, what I'm trying to say, right, my number one passion is just movies, right? And movies in general, just love it. But one particular area that I've been very I guess um, interested in um, or very intrigued with is the history of, of cartoons and the history of these characters. And it is about the connection with the characters to the time period that they were created, why they were created and how people connected with them and how they've had to adapt over time to keep up with whatever is going on in the world, socially, politically. And it's so, it's so much more, than just the surface. You've got the character, but there's so much depth underneath there. This incredible So it's not story. really about the cartoons, no, really. Any, it's about it's telling stories. And I think what's happened with YouTube, I've tried so many things, tried to stick them, like throw against the wall. And this is the one thing that really stuck, is that people really connected to these stories that I'm telling and, and the way I'm telling them. I just love doing it. I just love them. Yeah. It's, it's more about the education of it and yeah. all the education you've gotten out of it as well. Well, yeah. Um, so it's not it's not so much that it's cartoons. Mm. It's the fact that it's it's about history and it's about because you've always enjoyed history. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's about history and and the 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 evolution the mm. evolution yeah. of of yeah. that platform. I think that's what a lot of people get surprised with with these videos, though, is how in depth some of the history is for these characters and kind of. That's what people are fascinated with is the way the characters have evolved over time. You kind yeah, of realize right. it, you don't realize it until you kind of pull it apart. Yeah, um, I've, I'm, I get a lot. I get really surprised too, especially when I first started doing it. Mm. I mean, I first started with the Disney characters, and that was really simple. But then you get into characters like Scooby Doo, who was essentially formed out of a political movement to uh, get you know less violent stuff on television, mm. and the way that that's been done over time. And then you look at something like Tom and Jerry, which started just completely violent and crazy, and then how it got watered down over the years. Yeah. Um, because, again, political the political times, yeah. Yeah. So I just think the whole thing's fascinating. I love history. I love films. And I just this is great convergence of, of and film. It's, and it's probably because, because like some of these characters have, have been around for 60, yeah. 70, 80 years yeah. that that... that there's that history there, and it tells a story. Oh yeah, exactly right. It tells that story it's of like when, like when a lot of people like get a lot of like do do the evolution of uh, Cuphead, which is something that's been around for like three years. It's like yeah, there's, you can't, you can't, there's no story you there. You can't tell the story of that. But you get a character that's like eighty, a hundred years old, like Felix the Cat. Yeah. they've gone through so much. Yeah, and you know, they've gone through world wars and gone. And you through, can see you can see that in, in the evolution of yeah. it as 
is we're in we're in um, we're in history mm. that the particular stories are being yeah. told yeah. through through that. It's just that. fascinating. Again, as someone, yeah. it's just this crazy convergence of pop culture, history, politics, social culture, whatever. It's just this crazy, just everything that I'm just so interested in. And I think all these different little things that I kind of have a little bit of knowledge in all these different areas converging. And I feel like I, I just, I've found a love for documentary filmmaking and all that stuff. And I've always loved like reading document, like biographies and yeah. just history in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm, I guess, so obsessed with them. But again, another thing is that it's become the thing that people really enjoy, the content that people really enjoy. So that's why I keep pumping it out. And that's that's because, you know, like myself, you don't realise what's what's yeah. what's going on in, mm. in history at the time mm-hmm. and all those things, and these tell those all those yeah. stories. There you go. There you go. Um, Dylan Olmiller, mm-hmm. um, if you've if you've seen it, what's your opinion on Mouse of House? I personally House think it's mouse. underrated and deserves more attention. House of Mouse. <laughs> House of Mouse. What did I say? Mouse of House. Mouse of House. Mouse of House. (laughs) (laughs) What a moron. Uh, House of Mouse is this like Disney series, animated series that was on the Disney Channel like in the early 2000s. So I grew up watching it. Um, I liked it at the time. It's not something I've ever really gone back to. I've seen, like, obviously seen bits of it when I do my, my evolutions and stuff. It's a good show. I don't know if it's underrated, deserves more attention. Um, I don't know. It's a fun show. It's a fun little, like, uh, Disney sketch cartoons and stuff all strung together. Um, I guess it's just, um, again, it's that evolution thing. It yeah. becomes, you get these other shows that come in and I don't know how relevant it is now. That's the, uh, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's always, I think all these stories, Disney cartoons and stuff are always relevant, but I don't know if underrated or deserves more attention is something that I put on it. I don't know. It's hard okay. to explain. Good yeah, show, though. I did enjoy it. Animation presentations. Yep. Do you like the classic Disney, classic, classic Mickey Mouse? Oh, yeah, it's, it's bordering two hours. Do, do you like the classic Mickey Mouse shorts more than 2013 shorts? Uh, yeah, of course. Who doesn't? Of course. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Classic Disney. Yeah. Can't go past them. Uh, v VHSified. Yep. What is your favourite Simpsons episode? Oh, it's so tough. There's so many. Well, I think my favourites would have to be "You Only Move Twice," which is the one with um, where they move house and Homer. Homer uh, goes to work for the uh, Hank Scorpio Corporation, and it's like a rip off of James Bond sort of thing. And he turned that uh, Scorpio turns out to be like this megalomaniac That's kind right. of yeah, yeah. Uh, inventor guy, science guy, and um, he's essentially paid Homer like heaps of money to come, and it just gets a bit weird. They're moving into this like futuristic house. Uh, it's just like one of the classic episodes, um, and then probably Cape Fear, which is that sideshow Bob episode where they go on the boat yep. and sideshow Bob's like hunting down um, Bart. I think they're probably my two favorite ones. One of, one of mine was one that went to New York. Homer versus the city of New York. Yeah, yeah. that That's was a great. I one. enjoyed that one. Yeah, and goes to the World Trade Center. They didn't play it. They I don't know if they even still air that in American television anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, or there was a long time where they didn't play it on on American television mm. after September 11, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, one last thing. Well, again, nearly two hours here, but one last thing is we're talking about questions and stuff. We did get an email in um, on the podcast. This came in like two weeks ago. Um, usually, my Gmail would send me a, a notification when I get an email, but obviously I didn't get notification for the podcast email for some reason. I've turned it on now. Uh, but Blake uh, Fonte 
sent in an email uh, to the pod, to Dave Lee Pod at gmail.com. Um, he says, I just wanted to say that you and old mate Rick have been knocking it out of the park with the podcast. I'm not normally one for podcasts, but this one is very well made. Uh, with two, oh, pardon me, <clears throat> with two likable personalities. Oh, and uh, it's super up my alley as a young film buff and Blu-ray collector. Uh, so I'm thoroughly enjoying it. You may have already noticed me on your letterboxed. Um, letterbox, I do my little letterbox accounts. Yep. Um, and he's uh, been liking my, my little reviews and stuff. I can't be sure, though, but I'm enjoying your reviews on there uh, as well as your YouTube channel. Just wanted to say keep up the good work with the podcast. Oh, that's Thanks nice. Thanks so much, Blake. I appreciate Thanks, that. Nice little email. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff we want to get in on the podcast yeah, email. Cool. So if you do want to send in anything like that, uh, yeah, it will, it will get read on the podcast. So, awesome. Uh, thanks so much, Blake. Really appreciate that. And we good to hear some feedback on the podcast too. Yeah, good. It's it really is good. nice. Um, at that, oh, we pushed about two hours again. Oh, good. We thought we were going to struggle to do an hour and a half. Well, yeah, because there's no big news this week, but we somehow, I, th- I feel like we just 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 push it now. We're like, hey, 20 minutes. We've got, we got a bit of time <laughs> left now. We've got to pull it back. We've got to pull it back. I want to know, how do you feel about two-hour podcasts? You can obviously tell we get a bit tired by the end of two hours. What's the what's the best format? How's the, the best format for you guys? Hour, hour and a half, yeah. two, two. Let us know in the comments on the YouTube video. Email davelypond at gmail.com or head to my Twitter or my Instagram. Just message me. I really want to know. I'd really like to know what you guys are thinking out there because the stats that I get on the um, like platforms and stuff aren't great. Don't really tell so they don't really tell me much about how much people are consuming, what they're, you know. So I, feedback would be really, really helpful in helping us refine the podcast. Yeah, suppose, that's right. As we move towards the end of the year. And it's only and been then, 13, uh, yeah. like three months. So. Yeah. It's going to take a while to exactly right. get in the groove. Nut down and get yeah. exactly what you what we want. Hey, anyway. Yeah, anyway, that is all we have time for today. Of course, these podcasts go out every single Monday on all the podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. The visual element goes up on YouTube on the same day, but it goes out two days earlier to Patreon supporters. Uh, if you'd like to support for as little as $1 a month. Cheap skate. Yeah, I am. You get myself out there real cheap, but that's all right. Patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee down under. It's cheap. So your girlfriend always says. Uh, same us. joke every week. So please let me know. Old mate Rick's joke. Same joke every week. Do you like it or is it annoying? Thank you. Right. Uh, <laughs> of course, you'll find me at YouTube, Dave Lee down under. On Twitter, Instagram, uh, links are all down in the comments down there. Uh, you want to run into the show, DaveLeePond at gmail.com. If you're listening on podcast platforms, we'd love that rating. As much feedback as we can get. Good Good ratings, uh, but we'd love to hear the feedback. Uh, this week on the channel, YouTube-wise, nothing big. I'm trying to get no. this uh, Snoopy, Charlie Brown, Peanuts Evolution done. It's been a bit of work in that. Should have been up this week, but because of the Animaniacs one, I kind of uh, overestimated how much I could get done in such a short period of time. This is why I only do one Evolution a month. I get mm-hmm. a lot of people going, more Evolutions. This is why. I can't Just do it. Can't do- I can't do it. Um, so... The, I've re-announced that that's going out on the 30th. I'm still confident I, I can get it done by the 30th, but i just got to nut out like the next three days. I've got to just work real hard, right? Uh, so next week, uh, Charlie Brown Snoopy will come out on the 30th. Uh, hopefully. 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 Actually, this podcast goes out on the 30th. So um, it could be up 
Who knows? We'll see. Could be today. Could be the day after. Could I don't know. But that's my that's my big plan is to hopefully get the Charlie Brown Snoopy out this week. Um, uh, my review for Disney Plus Godmothered will go up this week as well. Um, and otherwise, that's it. Are uh, the Animaniacs again? That podcast that got in the way of Charlie Brown. Huge. Ah, Time recording. Three hundred fifty thousand views in awesome. like a week. Crazy. My fastest performing video ever. Not my most viewed, but the fastest performing. Surprise um, the crap Most successful video of 2020. And uh, I told you you'd love it. Yeah. Got to start the music up again because we just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I told them they'd love it, but I'm surprised yeah. at how well it's gone. It surprised me. That SpongeBob one did so well, like the first day, and it just crashed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but this one is just go- it's still going. Thousands of subs I'm getting as well, which is insane. Awesome. So thank you so much for watching the Animaniacs and for pushing and pushing and pushing. And uh, Would yeah, never have thought. Me either. So hopefully we'll get Charlie Brown out there this week. Today, if you're listening on the Monday, if you're listening after the Monday, hopefully it's already up. I don't know, whatever. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Old Mate for joining. Thanks, Dave. And uh, thanks again to New Zealand Mint for sponsoring. Yeah. And uh, and get on get onto their website yeah. and have a look. It's a- fantastic. NZMint.com. Check out all the stuff they've got on there, but definitely check out that Lord of the Rings silver foil, 35 gram. Beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. We'll see you on the next one. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take care.